Hello, my name is William Burnett, and uh, you're listening and maybe possibly watching on YouTube uh, uh, the latest episode of, of Talk Video, and I'm here today with uh, uh, our first Canadian, I think, um, yeah. Mr. Jared Stufko, also known as a, a Jexopolis. That's right. Do you have any other aliases? Um, in the 90s, I was the coroner. <laughs> the coroner. <laughs> the coroner. Yeah. You got get don't speak Sorry. into the mic better. Okay. The cor- I was the coroner. Is that like the horrorist? Yeah, I was a slightly goth thing. What was your big hit? Um, <laughs> no hits. Just a little bit of guy liner, you know. <laughs> a little guy liner never hurt anybody. Wow. Did you have records out? No. Oh shoot. No. What about like some CDRs? Well, it was I was part of a band. So my name, my name was the coroner, and what were the other guys' names? My, my, my brother, who was the drummer, was named Clovis, <laughs> which is some kind of Gaelic, like he's some kind of Gaelic king or something. Is Clovis, and then um, <laughs> one guy's name was Red. The singer's name was Red, and the bassist player, the bass player, was named Ernst. They got those guys got off easy. Jeez, <laughs> where are they now? Um, well, my brother's alive. <laughs> Brothering around. Yeah, being my brother. <coughs> the other guys are just living. They're all in Canada. Mm. So, um, those of you who don't know, uh, uh Mr. Stuffco, I don't know any other Stuffcos, but um, <coughs> he's from uh, Edmonton, mm-hmm. Alberta, Canada, and uh, you've been living in. You went to. You had a stint in Toronto. Yeah. And then you came. You've been in New York. Five years now, yeah, five years. five years or so, yeah, and uh, now you're like uh, playing all the big festivals. <laughs> not uh, not all of them, not but, all of them, but you've no. been to one. I've been to one, yeah, <laughs> and uh, you release music as Jexopolis, which is a, a sort of a dance music, um, kind of various genres, and uh, you've been on some. Uh, you have your own label called Good Timing, yeah, Timing, Good Timing, yeah, with just no G at the end, yeah. And uh, and uh, you've also released on Beats in Space, a very uh, not like Beats in no, Space, no, not Beats in Space, Running Back, Running Back. I thought you did a Beats in Space record. No, oh, I'm just making stuff Never. up now. I you should just play his parties all the time. Yeah, I should do one. You should, and then uh, um, I don't know. You might have other stuff coming out soon on on bigger, fancier labels like um. I Dec- released a thing on Deck Mantle this year. Oh, you did release on Deck Mantle. Yeah. I wasn't sure that c- came out. Yeah. And uh, so you're doing. And I have bad timing too. Oh, you do. Which is my like. Uh, <laughs> that's for c- cyber the coroner goth. or whatever. Yeah, that's like cyber goths. Of Wait, what's it called? It's not the coroner. What is it? The coroner. The coroner, like the guy who uh, looks Look at dead bodies. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the coroner. <laughs> that sucks so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if you look at, because I'm playing live now as Jexopolis. If you look at my guitar, I think this there's still a sticker. The sticker between the pickups. Between like the bridge and neck pickups, it says coroner. <laughs> Is it a cool logo at least? No, <laughs> it's garbage. It's like the this like security T-shirts that, that you buy at on Canal Street. You know? Oh no, God. it's garbage. That threw me off. I don't know what I'm gonna say now, man. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of jumped into it. Yeah. Well, I, I need sometimes. You know, I so by now, um, I've done a few of these. I'm trying to get a little better at them. I noticed that, and you you told me you watched some of them. Mm-hmm. Um. Is that sometimes it takes me a little too long to like uh, I do a little too much of the uh, the background and maybe it ends up like everybody has the same like yeah I was little and I found out about break dancing and then I went to the mall and I liked MTV and then mm-hmm. my older brother gave me LSD or what you know I don't know yeah. 
maybe that's not yours, but but I, I'm trying to. I, I mean, maybe it's interesting or not because yours, yours, um, you're from Edmonton. I like, I can't imagine you're about forty years old, right? Yeah, not quite yet. I'm forty one. Oh, you just uh, we were at your I was at your birthday. Yeah. I don't even remember how old forty one. Yeah, forty one. So we're we're pretty much exactly the same age. I'm a little older, not much, but um, so it was you know that you had the you were the eighties. You were in the eighties. Yeah. As a kid, so you had like hair metal as a little kid, and maybe some Run DMC. Yeah, we had Van Halen was big for us, and um, the Police, and uh, yeah, Beastie Boys or whatever, you yeah. know. But Van Van Halen was the the big one, the biggest. Us. Yeah, the biggest. And and what's Edmonton like? I don't know if I've ever been there. It's it's a suburban city. Um, now it's over a million, I think, but it's a very it's a pretty liberal place. Um, it's in Alberta, which is the Texas of Canada. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why we get along. Yeah, quite similar. Yeah, so there's a lot of oil and gas and cattle. And working folk. Yeah, working folk. And so there's a it's a fairly conservative, like politically conservative. But Edmonton is the, the big university is there. And um, there's a lot of public service workers there and stuff, government workers. So it's a, a little more liberal. But Edmonton is just kind of like a suburban, you know. Yeah, and and you said uh, so. Like your family life at home, you had you said you had an older brother. Did were there other others? Yeah, I have two sisters, two little sisters. Older brother and two little sisters, yeah. and your mom and um, mom and dad are still together. Mm-mm. No, as a kid, you that separate families. No, or they split just after we kind of all flew the nest. Oh, when you were when when you, when you were done. Yeah, they I were done with you, and then they were like. I oh. think my mom was like, "Okay, lights out." <laughs> I did my part. <laughs> Everybody's out of the house. Everyone has a girlfriend or boyfriend. Seems pretty common, I guess. Yeah. And uh, so, but it, you had a pretty normal home home life, or yeah, yeah. It was it was we had you know same shit basically <laughs> as everybody. <laughs> you know, there was no major. Oh yeah, like, but you had like a Canadian. There was like a Canadian MTV or something. Wasn't yeah, there? much much music. Much music, and uh, was it how was it how was it what was the big stuff on there? Have you kn- have you ever talked to anybody and like found out what's different? Well, like I mean, I, I there could are lots of local, like regional bands, or yeah, there's a lot of Canadian bands. What was big that we probably don't know about? Well, in the '80s, like Rock Voisin. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> say like it. Say it again. Rock Voisin. Rock Voisin. Yeah, he he's he's um French Canadian, but he's no, he's from New Brunswick. He's not. He's not from <laughs> from Quebec. I can't <laughs> believe I'm talking about Rock Voisin. <laughs> Rock Voisin, or like, you did get weird because the Quebec French Canadian thing would throw a monkey wrench into it. So you get, or like Mitsu, who is the Canadian Madonna. Okay. You know, are you are you ever on Discogs and you find, or, or whatever, you hear some record f- at the thing and it's clearly, you know, like a, the Spanish New Order or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what Can- Canada had its, like the, you know, Tom Cochran or whatever life is a highway yeah yeah that crossed over to the states yeah but he was in the red rock rockets red rock yeah red rockers red, red rider rider yeah sorry yeah, red rider uh. so yeah there was all <laughs> this cancon stuff most of it being cancon cancon canadian content oh i never let's see these are words i'm learning today that's, you ever, you that's why i do this well that ma the, you ever said that mapl logo maple on and records it does it have the leaf on it no, it just says MAPL. No, I never noticed it before. But if you look at, I mean, there's a lot of really cool records that have that on there. Like so it's like the Italo SIA. It is stamp. like that, okay. indeed. So yeah. it's an import or 
stamp. It's a stamp. Yeah, but it's ma- it means made and produced in Canada. Oh, okay. So, or can uh, I think the L is for label or something. But so there was all this Canadian stuff. But we would get a lot of um, on mu- much music was. There was a really good show called City Limits. Have you ever seen um, Videodrome? Yes. So apparently Videodrome is based on, you know how it's like trash TV or whatever? Yeah. It's based on this guy, Moses Neimer, who ran City TV in Toronto. And they would show pornography on Friday nights. And then he started he started um, Much Music, which was a kind of this off-the-wall thing. Like they had, they had uh, video hosts or whatever who would just like look in the camera and they go into a like videographers instead of having like people on a on a mic and a video camera person they would just have the person presenting holding the camera so so the audio would come from behind the camera yeah so there was there was all this kind of like well, that's groundbreaking yeah this edgy kind of stuff so there was much music had were some th- good were they ad- really ugly or something no they were generally very attractive okay um, <laughs> i don't just <laughs> just but checking but yeah <laughs> no they were generally attractive people uh but anyway so Videodrome was based on Moses Neimer and City TV and his whole empire with much music and stuff. So that that kind of Canadian weirdo um, stuff would filter through a little bit. But in the later years, much music got very corporate. And the, the, the Canadian music industry is this machine where it's all set up with grant systems because <coughs> Canada is this you know liberal liberal country. So you would have the government funding rock music and the arts and stuff but what would end up happening is they're just funding corporate rock so you had all these like horrible bands in the 90s like our lady peace and moist and all this crap that were they're basically the canadian creed Mm -hmm. and they never crossed over to the states because they sucked (laughs) no i mean i'm sorry if i get too like canada centric i just don't really know that much about it and you're and you're you're someone I know because I'm always making like a Canada jokes when you come over. Yeah, I mean but I'm f- I'm fine. I'm happy to I'm happy to. If someone wants to talk about it. Yeah, I'll maybe if I know more about it, I won't make so much fun of, of it. Well, or maybe it'll get worse. <laughs> it gets worse. The more you know about Canada, the worse it gets. But what I mean, like, so now, you <laughs> <laughs> but what? So okay, you you've been here for five years now, so you gotta, you know, you're, you have some. Your wife is Canadian. Yeah, and uh. Do you mostly associate with Canadians here, or you have kind of mixed? Uh, mixed, yeah. For sure. And so y- you had a, a a look into Americans. What's what's the? Um, have you noticed something that's like way different about Americans than Canadians? Um, Is that a weird question? Well, th- I mean, the Americans that I meet are you know people like you, so we have a common yeah M- a music, music thing. Dorks. I'm not out there. You know, in Times Square with like a cheap tie on, <laughs> flashing my resume and meeting corporate yeah, Americans. Yeah. Really, you know, my wife, because of her work, she's more in a corporate environment. I meet people through her work, and sometimes I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but those people are everywhere, though. You know, you go to like France and you meet the corporate people. Yeah, and, no, th- and they're pretty. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Or I don't mean some are better than others. And I, look, I'm not against corporations at all, but. But yeah, I mean, the people I've met in New York, I mean, just to live here, you have to be baseline nice, I think. I haven't met, a, I haven't met any, there's bigger assholes in Toronto than there are, <laughs> you know, like gatekeeper type people or whatever in Toronto, because it's easier to kind of set up your little fiefdom there, because it's a smaller city. So in, in New York, I feel like it's just this free-for-all where 
you know, so many people doing so many things that you have to be nice. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. People are generally nice. I think if you don't waste their time, I think that's the the whole New York thing. Like you know, mm-hmm. if you go up to somebody and you need directions, you just say hey. Or you s- you should always say hello first or excuse me, and you just right. say where is this place? You don't need to like tell them the whole background. Yeah. If you tell them the whole background, they'll tell you to fuck off. Yeah, because they, it's gonna be you're gonna ask them for money or something. Yeah, and then you got a sob story, and we know you're a scammer, you know. Well, I mean, on that note, I went. We're looking at moving because our apartment's so l- loud. Yeah. <laughs> so we went and looked at a place in Park Slope, and the rent's twenty eight fifty. And as soon as I went in, I'm like, this is a shithole. Yeah, but I tried to be nice, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, we're. I'm like, this is not you gonna should, work. You should just like uh, save save some time and and ask for the address and be like, let's just not waste any time. And, and I'm gonna Google image this thing and see what block it's on. Well, we did, and and it I seemed okay. I mean, it was like the the um, the interior photos. They looked nice on the internet. <laughs> it was like the we got catfished. Is that what the word is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't. Know, I don't know. I'm out of touch. Okay. I think that's the word. Yeah. But or you got you got roped into something. I don't know. Whatever. Just don't don't take that apartment. Um. No, we're not going to do that. But um. Okay. So back. So back to music stuff. Yeah. We're, let's not be too too adulty here. Right. Um. Jexopolis, who formerly known as uh. The coroner. The coroner. <laughs> <laughs> um. You were so you were into music as a kid. W- did that mm-hmm. start off early? Like it was your older brother was into it, so you got into it, or yeah, my mom was into music. Your mom, my, mo- my mom's a singer. Is she? Yeah. And what about your dad? No, he's not into music. He's he wanted to. He wanted to be into music. To this day, he's like Jared. He likes. When are you gonna give me some damn guitar lessons? <laughs> Is that how he talks? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and so tell me tell me a little bit about your parents or if if it's too personal you don't have no, to answer. Uh, yeah, my parents, my dad and my mom, they got married super young. My mom comes from this churchy waspy churchy background. Mm-hmm. Um so she played piano and did singing lessons and shit. And then my dad is this kind of wild man from the bush who's Métis. I don't do you know what that is? You know what that is? Say it again. Métis. 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 So no. he's part Aboriginal or Native Indian, and then part French and mix, so he's kind of like this. He so he like Australian roots. Well, not Australian, but not well, but yeah, that Native con- that continent. Native, no, Native ca- Canadian. Native, but uh, there's Aboriginal people in. Well, that's what we. I mean, there's a whole laundry list of terms, but you can say Indian or, I mean, it's kind of. Oh, so a, a Native, politi- a Native American. A Native American, yeah. In Canada. Yeah. But you say First Peoples or Aboriginal or Native or whatever. Oh, we don't. See, I never heard it called that way. I only called heard Aboriginal and in, in I thought that was like a type of, of Native person in Australia. Yeah, that, I mean, we're kind of, we're on First Peoples now, I think, is the latest iteration. First Peoples. First Peoples. But the Métis thing is sort of a distinct thing. That was what Canada. they, that was what they called themselves yeah. within the, so that, that. That worked for me. Yeah. But, but I've never heard of it. So, yeah, me, my dad is Métis, and so I have this my kind of culture clash in my hu- in my house. I see. He's like a full, full-blooded. Well, he's... Ha- he's Whatever. He's well, been he in Canada he for a while. He's yeah. Yeah, he's like half Native or whatever. Or it's not quite half. I don't know. But anyway, so there's this kind it's of... It's not like Elizabeth Warren or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually... I'm a member of the Métis Nation of Alberta. A- and how does that, and, and what is that like in in Canada? The how do how are the the 
first what do they call the first peoples the first peoples treated in canada did they get totally screwed like yeah that? more probably more than in the states even worse and and did they get like land or like casinos or whatever they got here yeah there's in there's reservations but there's all sorts of land claims and and things going on still going on well they're kind of hitting a peak now and so i'm being from alberta which is the oil uh, okay the oil place they're never gonna get it well there's a lot of back and forth and you know they're it's a big huge it's a huge it's really the biggest issue in canada is the aboriginal or first people's first Na- first nations thing that's kind of the big issue because you know canada the canadian government wants to build a pipeline to bc from alberta where they mm. i'm actually from fort mcmurray which is the oil yeah. center of canada in alberta and they want to build a pipeline so they can send the oil to china but to do that, you have to build a pipeline through all this native land and stuff. So it's it's a huge, yeah, huge issue. I mean, I don't really keep up with it as much as I should, given my background. But my brother, who's a lawyer in Canada, he and my sister's also a lawyer. Actually, they they're more involved in it, and so I get the they feed me information. But and wha- uh, uh, and uh, this, this is probably a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. They're on the side of of the 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 first people. Or they talk about both sides. Well, they talk about both sides, but um, generally, the you know from from their point of view, it's there's a whole lot of injustice that goes on. Yeah, they deal more with the justice side because they're lawyers. So yeah, there's a lot of inc- the incarceration rates for for um, Native Canadians is sky high versus the rest of the population, and so that's kind of their front door into yeah. into the issue. But I, I again, I'm not an expert on it. I just get info, info from them. And was this? Were you aware of this? Like as a kid, was it like a thing, or you just kind of st- yeah. went, went to the mall? No, it was for sure. Y- so you're like we would go fishing and or trap like trapping or whatever. Yeah. Or like w- hunting. Yeah. I know that's like I shouldn't. You know, it's like oh, you can't hunt, but if that's your traditional lifestyle, so my dad would go hunting. He still goes hunting, and I'm, you not, know. I'm not offended at all. Okay, well, <laughs> you're f- you're from Texas too, so no, but although, any- although guns scare me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a gun guy. Yeah. I don't own a gun. Yeah. But, you know, growing up that was a that was you know, I'm from Edmonton. It's it's That's what you did. Yeah, it's it's a It sounds like fun. It's a far it's so far north. It's so isolated really in North America. So that was yeah, that was a big part of my I mean, childhood. it's probably one of the furthest north. I think it's the largest L- city, you know. Or but is it it's above Anchorage or something? It's no, Anchorage is a little is bit further more. north, but Anchorage is smaller than Edmonton. Is it? Okay. It's kind of the last big city. Big city. Yeah. So I it's going to be like the future. You're going to move back? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> it's hard here, man. It's not easy. Well, I don't know with climate change and stuff. Maybe I will. Yeah, you gotta, that's what, uh, you know. <laughs> I w- yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, All right, so so back to music. So, yeah. you know, that was there... Uh, how did how was music involved in your life as a as a young person? Well, my mom forced yeah. us all to play piano. <laughs> but that's good. It was good. I mean, at the time I hated it. Um and but s- and so you're learning like church songs. Yeah, classical music. Classical music. Well, who was your favorite as a kid? Or you just hated it all? Uh I like Bach. Bach. Yeah, cuz he's he was it was r- relatively easy to play yeah. and it sounded really good. But I we took um this thing called Suzuki method. Have you ever heard yeah, of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all ear training. Yeah. So my sight reading, I can't really sight read that well, but 
but I, I but can Lord, you can jam. Yeah, I can play. I can pick out melodies and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and you know what key someone's playing in yeah. and stuff like that. So it, w- it was a thanks, mom. Yeah, my mom. My mom started your music career. She did really. And the, and uh, did it, when did it like a reach like the dark side? You know, like where you're at now. Like, wh- it, was there like a moment when you like um, realized like a because th- you said d- she's teaching you like this a uh, nice christian music or whatever you know classical stuff yeah was there a moment you like realized there's like an another underground or, or something like that well i mean getting into van halen was huge because but they were i guess they were pretty naughty huh naughty. well they had a lot of like sex and alcohol and drug references and stuff which i didn't get it i didn't understand any of their lyrics until yeah, like five like years last ago. year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah me too so, I mean, but g- getting into, I had a cousin that was into ministry and like 808 state and stuff, you know, but uh, also we have, we would have, you know, a ba- someone would babysit us or something and they, w- they would have a cassette tape um, or like we had neighbors that had, uh, they would play football or like they would play catch in their yard and they would play extended mixes like new order songs and stuff or mm. i guess what it, w- it, it so might this have is been like really late 80s maybe no this is 90. like mid 80s mid 80s okay. yeah so so like they would play um which is pr- they were probably playing a tallow disco actually and they're playing like erasure Ola Moore or something yeah and, and but just extended mixes and me and my brother would be like yeah these are the these, these are like these extended versions that you get in nightclubs and do you think is that like a more of a european influence that yeah canada had definitely because that wasn't here at, i mean we did uh, had it a little bit but it wasn't well, there's that. There's a whole Canadian kind like of lime, or ca- yeah, Canadian Italo kind of like. I guess that was huge, though, huh? Was it popular? I, d- I mean, was it like mainstream, or it was? Well, we would. I mean, we would have, um, you know, just there was, uh, like in Canada, for example, there was this thing called there was this dance show on Fridays called Electric City. Okay. And they would play. They would just have people dance, like sexy people dancing, and you they would play the club tracks of the day. And so, I mean, that was in the early 90s. Yeah. But uh, I don't think there was any equivalent to that in... in. Uh, well, yeah, we had, like, The Grind or something on MTV. What was th- what was that? <laughs> it was, like, a one of the guys from... Uh, from uh, That was on Real Life, Eric, <laughs> Eric Nice. Okay. And they would have, like, a... Who's, that, who's the DJ that always takes his shirt off? Paul E. G.? No, the house guy. No, before... David that. Morales. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, he would DJ. Oh, okay. And uh, they would play like whatever CC Peniston or something, you know. Like yeah, it was like that. It was like that. But, but yeah, Canada has a kind of a Euro trash influence or something. Like, or I mean, the Qu- again that Quebec angle. Because there, you mean you find all these huge, you know, you have like Gino Socio, yeah, which is reaching further back. But and then all through the '80s, there was a whole like a Diorazio. That I don't, I don't, I never say it right, but he has like a Benevintag. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. like a duo, and they are, they produce like, you know, whatever hundreds of of like kind of high energy records in yeah. Canada. Like I wonder, like, did you notice that as a kid, or that was some kind of like club underground? Thing? No, we it, you would hear it. You but would hear but it. You on didn't. The radio. It wasn't like a recognizable. Like I remember that song was a hit or anything. You know, I was trying to. Go, I was trying to go through it recently, like um, just because um, you know that song. We Just by Moses. Yeah. I swear that was on the radio in Canada. I mean, I can't re- really remember, but I, it just the melody and everything just yeah. really, it uh, it just seems like that c- you would hear that kind of stuff. 
probably from time to time. I mean, I know a lot of Europeans like I'll, I'll, I'll play stuff that aren't super into music, you know, like especially like maybe Spanish people or f- people from France. And they'll, you can play them like some Italian and be like, oh, this is what they played at the swimming pool when I was a little kid. Yeah. So maybe it's some kind of crossover like that. Yeah, um, I mean, it wasn't quite, you know, you wouldn't hear it everywhere, but like in our in our little town, we were in a suburb. My, I remember my cousin used to go and line up at the community hall, and on Fridays they would have they would have like a party there, and I'm sure that's what they were playing. I mean, I was six or seven, yeah, yeah, or, or whatever at the time. So, but def- definitely in Canada, you have that European influence. Yeah, much like much more than here. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then okay, so and then so you're playing piano and stuff. You go to school. Um, you're doing sports. Yeah, sports. Yeah, I played hockey. Hockey. Yeah. Dangerous, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, when when did you branch off from just playing this uh, classical music into your own stuff? Like you, you start a band, or yeah, we had a we had a band in um, the early nineties. So like so when you're I like was twelve, 12 or thirteen, yeah. so someone lent us a guitar, like a cousin. And when you say us, that's you and your brother. Me and my brother, yeah. And so uh, I started to noodle around with it. And I was still taking piano. And my mom, I made a deal with my mom where if I would take guitar lessons, then I wouldn't have to play piano anymore. So I started taking guitar lessons. And then, I mean, you learn how to play a power chord and then that's that's it. Lights (laughs) out. Like you can just, you can basically play every song. And my brother played drums in school. Yeah. So he played drums in the I actually played drums in the junior high band too, but he he played drums and so we, we I mean we had a band within like a couple months of and this guy learning us. Where would you where would you practice? Like at your house? Yeah, in the basement. So you had a drum set up and, and a and a guitar with an amp? Yeah. And you would just like go home after school and, and uh Yeah, just you like would like learn Van Halen songs or Yeah, I mean I couldn't play Van Halen but I could play Smoke on the Water. Yeah, yeah, or like um <laughs> I don't know. I actually trying to th- I just made up stuff. Yeah, or I would learn Guns N' Roses songs or something. Something a little easier. Like patience. Yeah, oh. I'm trying to think like what what I what I would have played. <laughs> but we, I mean, my brother's a really he to this day he's a really good drummer. So he he kind of pr- pushed me along, mm. you know, because he could already play. So I and I, I mean, being Van Halen fans, he's the drummer. Yeah. So then I got a. I have to be Eddie Van Halen, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so you better get good. Yeah, I was mo- I was motivated to to learn. So you're just playing like rock songs. Yeah, rock. In your basement. Did you ever go out and play shows and stuff, or, or like go to your friend's house and set up? I mean, we did later when we, because my cousins were also in the band. In the band, so we we would like fourteen, fifteen. We would. And so that's your mom's side or your dad's? Yeah, my mom's side. Okay. So and, and they're from the Christian bands. They're yeah, they're like more Christian, yeah. and they lived in Calgary, which is the more conservative <laughs> city. So that's like the Iowa of. Well, it's like the like the the Houston or whatever <laughs> or Dallas. I mean, the I guess I can't really compare it to okay. that, but it's more conservative than where you were from. Yeah, where's the mega church? That big mega church that's in Houston, right? There, uh, there's quite a few in Texas. But the big one where the guy locked everybody out <laughs> during the hurricane—that's <laughs> Calgary. <laughs> so my my cousins, being from Calgary, they were like a little more conservative. But we would—they were really good musicians as well. So we, there was, you know, like when you're in a band, you com- you're really competing. There's an internal competition where 
if one guy's writing a, a song or one guy gets like i remember my cousin learned a stone roses song once and i'm like shit i'm gonna lose lead guitar duties if i don't practice so there was there was that dynamic within the among the four of us so we we got good fast yeah by by like 16 17 we were tight as, as we used to say you're tight yeah and 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 uh then you started playing shows what was the name of that band it was called the buicks the buicks that's not bad it was like okay Oldsmobile or <laughs> yeah we were we were tight but i mean at the same time i had been um like recording stuff on the pc you know windows sound media player <laughs> my sound recorder so i would actually my that project was called buick mud bath which was like this industrial thing and then they they took they appropriated my name for the band and just took took the mud bath off and it became the buicks so but the buicks were like a, ser- a pretty serious so you were the leader i think aesthetically i was because I was m- more into music. Was a name like the coroner. The coroner, well, <laughs> you know. Did that develop during the Buicks? Yeah, a, l- a little bit. Like I would wear a beret. <laughs> <laughs> like a beret. With now we're talking. Do you still have it? No. Oh. But yeah, like I, I would wear. Do you think you could get sometimes. another one? Like the same kind as like a regular m- uh, military one or something? Yeah, maybe. A standard issue uh, Canadian military beret. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I, I mean the the styles the styles will come around eventually. Yeah, it's about to cycle through again. Yeah, I guess. I think so. And yeah. and so uh so so the Buicks are playing some shows in high school and uh you're you're uh, taking over the world and then you go off to college maybe after that or. Yeah, I went to um. Actually, I, do I did I miss something in that period or that's pretty much. Yeah, I mean, we were... W- no DJing or anything? No, like I didn't that. DJ, but I had I had some friends in high school that were into electronic music. So they, my friend Ryan DeDuke and Scott Harley, who were two... Go- I, I went to a really small high school, but they were into, um, like, the Orb and Aphex Twin and... Um, Electronica. Or yeah, like Space Time Continuum or, or whatever, okay. like these, these kind of... Idea, what became IDM after that. Um, so, I mean, I was exposed to some of that stuff, and they were into industrial music, and like Skinny Puppy was pretty big, and yeah, can it, yeah, from being from Canada and stuff. So, there was, a, I mean, I was into that stuff too at the same time. Well, I always feel like there was a big wax tracks connection in Canada too. I, d- I never really understood why, but I guess probably just Chicago was close, and then they distributed, sold records across. Yeah, and uh, and also that, and uh, the European connection too. The I European guess, connection yeah. and and there there was like a big, I mean I found this out later, but there was there's like a big connection in Toronto, with um, like there's this guy Chris Shepard in Toronto who's like the, I don't know, he's like the Pete Tong of Canada, okay, and he was really into industrial music and into alternative music, and he had a a platform because he was on Much Music and he did these compilations and he would do um a friday night radio show which was on commercial radio and he would play all the latest dance music so and i actually saw him one time in toronto because he had this fake english accent chris (laughs) Chris shepherd and he'd be like hello celebration generation this is chris shepherd spinning live from toronto anyways i think but he was really into industrial music and stuff in the 80s so so he didn't talk like that in in the normal no, he was he was he's from like Pickering, Ontario or something. But but yeah, so being, you know, what was I talking about? The wax tracks thing? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Canadians are just 
it was big in the states too yeah know? yeah no i'm just curious i just yeah. we're so close but but you know i feel like we don't know a regular american doesn't know anything about canada like they probably couldn't even name edmonton as a city it's true so i mean to learn like these does these uh what was the w- the word for it? what was it Canadian CanCon can that's, can that's a new word for me yeah you know so that's what I want to learn more ab- about Canadian music um yeah was it was there was there like so you you named a couple of guys what was the this guy you just something Shepherd what was Chris it? Shepherd Chris Shepherd yeah he was uh, a DJ and this this is w- m- this is mid nineties now yeah early all, early all through the nineties early nineties mid nineties and there was also um there was a show on CBC. Do you know what CBC is? No. It's a Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. It's like okay, the Canadian so BBC. Okay. But um, there was a show called Brave New Waves. Mm-hmm. And um, I, yeah, I would hear Plastic Man. It was on at midnight, uh, like Fridays and Saturdays. But yeah, they would play. I remember hearing Richie Houghton and Apex Twin and Future Sound. And you're, you're in high school. Yeah, in high school. And uh, yeah. Are there? Do you know? Are there archives of this stuff anywhere? Have you gone back and looked and seen? Gone back and visited? Like look at the playlist or see what? I haven't. No. So this is just from memory. Yeah, I bet it's out there somewhere. But people are starting to put their archives up of, of older stuff. I I would I would imagine the CBC ones are there. Yeah. Um, and there was a one. I mean, one more thing. There was a guy, like the remember when college radio was, yeah, a thing. So yeah, yeah like there was a a good college station in Edmonton called cgsr and there was a a show called cannibals and christians on from 12 to 3 on tuesdays or something and he would play industrial music so i would stay up and like record it so you get a 90 minute tape or whatever and you get 45 minutes of and i would listen to it the next day or whatever oh so you go to sleep yeah i would i'm like i'm not staying up for this you don't want your mom to catch you either true yeah i know how that is you have to like hide your tapes like don't let your mom see your ministry tapes you that's know that happened to me or when your, i or I your andrew dice clay or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean my mom i remember my one of my high school friends lent, lent me the land of rape and honey yeah and my mom was like what is this yeah i mean i have my ministry story is like you know i was on the swim team as many people know and uh i would go to i would i never miss swim practice and uh in high school we had like weight we would lift weights and they would let us listen to music. And one day, like, the, the swimming coach, like, he was pretty open-minded. He would play, like, Rolling Stones and, you know, whatever. And I had, like, put on, like, ministry, mind is a terrible thing to taste. Mm. And he, like, he let us, <laughs> we listened to, like, the whole day. He, he didn't take it off, but he, they never let me play music again in, in the in the weight room. Fired. Yeah. You were fired. Off the, on the, my first DJing experience. No. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I remember my, I was listening to Skinny Puppy and my grandpa who was like 85 yeah really religious person listen he he would listen to Pavarotti was like a secular uh, yeah. Yeah. him listening to Pavarotti was like death metal yeah and I was playing skinny puppy and he didn't even bat an eyelash uh, an eyelash <laughs> probably couldn't hear it <laughs> well because to him I mean just noise the difference between Van Halen and skinny puppy was like you know <laughs> this this much <laughs> it, it was it's just all shit yeah it's like when when I hear like dubstep or something. <laughs> oh my god, this Oof. is garbage. Oof. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. I, uh, my parents pretty much let me listen to whatever or they d- I think they just were happy that I was in my room minding my own business. Right. So, I just listened to whatever. My parents weren't super religious or conservative, but pretty I guess compared to I don't know, they're Texans. 
Yeah, my so. uh, my yeah my mom, but I mean coming from my mom being pretty churchy and stuff that only makes the like when you hear a satanic industrial song it only makes it better. Yeah, I mean my, I remember like my sister would bring home like when I'd be like God was on freshman and then she'd like start driving me to swing practice she would have like my life with the thrill kill cult tapes right. and I was like ooh what is this you know well cause it's there's a, like a nine inch I remember she went to go see nine inch nails and I was in eighth grade and I was like so cool pretty hate machine best yeah. record ever well because if you're if you don't have access to it then it then it makes it better and then yeah. also being like I went to church a lot I actually played in church band too I played guitar and drums and stuff in church band what denomination I mean, we, we went to a Baptist church, but Baptist in Canada doesn't doesn't mean Baptist here. It's like a different thing. So uh, just whatever church, church like there's a thing called Alliance Church in Canada, which is just like white people, white white church. Did basically. you get married in in that church? I got married in a uh, a United Church. Uni- United churches are like United churches, like the good guys or whatever. They they allow women to be priests and or pastors or whatever you can have sex you can you can be gay and be even yeah. yeah so they're they're we had we got married in, in that church but but that's for for the family you know so the family's happy well i mean you know traditional wedding well yeah it was a traditional wedding yes yeah, that's cool Sorry if I get if I <laughs> get, to get, to get like your, uh, your personal religious beliefs here um, uh, in look, a minute. It's fine, man. I have, I got nothing to hide. <laughs> <laughs> got nothing else to do either. <laughs> yeah. But um, all right. So that's 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 kid stuff. We, we were a kid. You were in the church band. You were in some regular bands. You hid your ministry tape. Your mm. I never really liked Skinny Puppy. They were too. He the guy never shut up. He just sang on the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I listening back to Skinny Puppy. It's it's uh, it's there's probably shit. some good ones, but I. I try. I always try, but I, it's like a, it's like the Grateful Dead. You like the idea of it, and then you try to listen to it, and it's not yeah. very good. You know? The b- the beats are really good, and um, but the actually, the one one guy from Skinny Puppy is from Edmonton. Yeah, Dwayne Godel, Gotel, whatever. How I don't I don't even know how to say Guffle, his name. Like Guffle's Narrow Bridge. Godel, <laughs> but Dwayne Dwayne Godel is from Edmonton, and so that. I'm like, okay, well, at least if he, if he can do it, I can make it he out can of here. Do it. Yeah, if he can do it, I can do it. But then he died of a heroin overdose. <laughs> so you could do that too. <laughs> well, it was so it was so depressing because he 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 went back to Edmonton from Vancouver to dry out, oh, and someone sent him a package of heroin from Vancouver, and uh, you know that's yeah. where you you get into trouble like unfamiliar surroundings. He hadn't, so he shot up and died at his parents' house, and there was an article in the in the local paper about it. Um, which was really sad. How old, how old were you when that happened? Uh, Seventeen. Oh, okay. So you were in high school. So that was like a big deal. Yeah, I had cut it out. I had it pinned to my. Like so goth. So goth. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, I wasn't fully goth because I was playing in this rock band too. So, like, just like have a third goth or something. But so, so you yeah. o- you eventually went off to college. I went to college in in Edmonton. In Edmonton. So the so the Buicks stayed together. Well, I went. I mean, I went to Europe. I went to Europe after high school. Oh, for what? for six months just to travel. Your parents let you do that. Yeah, I worked for I worked for six months. I saved like eight grand or whatever, and I went to Europe for six months. Doing what job? I worked in a warehouse. Like like stacking boxes. Yeah, like a uh, shipping receiving. Mm. Um. So I went to Europe for six months or f- yeah, six months. With a backpack. 
the backpack yeah with a canadian flag on it <laughs> which was like a real cliche at the time but uh, yeah i went to europe because i was into british music and stuff and i was in england and france and shit but anyway so the band the band played on without me because we were a four-piece but i came i came back and i went to school in edmonton i did an, an arts degree w- what happened in europe did you did you i just i just kind of like hung out smoked a lot <laughs> drank i drank some um absinthe yeah, I drank some absinthe. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have any tr- transcendent clubbing. No. I went to a fe- like I saw the Prodigy at a festival. The the and I skipped the day before Daft Punk had played. I didn't really care. Yeah. I mean, I was, I, I didn't. I was just happy to be in in Europe, like you know, on sitting on trains and speaking bad French. <laughs> did, did you go by yourself? <laughs> yeah, I went alone. And you didn't know anybody there. No. And so you just like had your little like a. Uh, um, Swiss your Army your guide, <laughs> no. Yeah, my ha- I had my Lonely Planet, and <laughs> and uh, I mean it was easy to meet people when you're 18. Yeah. And there was no internet, and you're in Europe. I mean, you just. And you're in a hostel. Yeah, you're in hostels with somebody else with the Canadian flag. Yeah, or you meet Australians and stuff, and yeah, it was. And you could talk about Aborigines. Or you could talk. <laughs> I don't think they use that term anymore. Oh, is it is it offensive? I think I don't know. Maybe we'll have to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I never. I haven't heard that. Well, that it's a good. Then I learned that I shouldn't say that anymore. I don't know. I. I mean, uh, the the la- the language changes a lot on this. So I'm okay with. I don't. I. D- I wasn't trying to offend anybody. Know, you know. know. So, uh, whatever. It'll be fine. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. But yeah, so we went, I was, we, the royal we, I was in <laughs> Europe for a few months and then I came back to school. Um, did you grow your hair out? Uh, so what did you, bit. what did you change when you were back? Did you have, you had like. I started smoking and smoke drinking. cigarettes. I started smoking and drinking in Europe. Mm. And in, in what did your, your mom, oh, then, but you went off to college so your mom didn't have to see that. No, I, I, I mean in Canada you don't really, not a lot of people go off to college. I just went to the local university. Yeah. So I lived at home for, you know three three more years from 18 to 21 do you smoke cigarettes at home um you have to like go out back and like yeah i would go out back i never would smoke inside but did your mom know you were smoking mm, yeah probably <laughs> she i don't think she was she was impressed to be honest you know <laughs> probably not but i mean i was a nice kid i didn't i didn't you know i wasn't could be like wor- could be worse you weren't shooting heroin yeah i wasn't getting like face tattoos or <laughs> You know, and so so this is by this time it's 1995 or so, and uh, 97. Oh, 97 after Europe, and then yeah. s- so grunge is kind of over. Yeah. Well, did that ever kick in really in Canada? Oh, it was huge, huge. Yeah, and it was uh, huge. So grunge is over. 97. You go to college. Um, when did you know? It sounds like you had a pretty mellow. There was no like major things. You just kind of like slowly cruised ro- along. Um, yeah, I mean, I had the the you know teenage emotional teenage things or whatever but uh, i mean generally yeah unscathed (laughs) i got into the smiths you know in high school a little bit and started trying to play like johnny marr um which i didn't i couldn't do until i got a capo and then i'm like oh that's how he does it (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah i mean he doesn't have like really long fingers yeah well i I have small hands so so it's sometimes difficult but yeah i mean d- i had a nice childhood i had yeah. a, and a and a pretty mellow adolescence you know surrounded with love and affection from family and friends and 
But then, so what what happened that took you across to the other side? I mean, you, this is all guitar music, pretty much, even though, you know, you have your foray into the industrial yeah. new wave stuff. Yeah. You know, eventually, you know, you got like a Juno 106 or something or... or a yeah, I had, um, I got an SU 700. I don't a sample, know. It's a sampler. Okay. I mean, you couldn't even you uh, if you went to the store in in Edmonton, you couldn't even buy a MPC. They didn't even have them. Yeah. So I bought a. I got an SU seven hundred. What brand is that? Yamaha. Yamaha. It's actually. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's really sick, actually. Yeah. The filters and everything sound amazing. Yeah. Um. So I use. I got that, and then the band. Our band, the Buicks, kind of we changed our name to Whale Boots, <laughs> like the worst name ever, and we wanted to move to. Toronto because um, if you live in Edmonton and you want to play anywhere other than Edmonton it's a like we would drive we would do tours in Edmonton where we would drive to Winnipeg which is 15 hours we would drive there in a snowstorm and get paid 50 bucks and play for three people and then drive home so the you know that's why there's no at that time there was no musicians that would come from Edmonton like no one no one could make it out of there I knew really talented people that that never had a shot just because it was isolated. There was no they internet. Could no one could hear you. Yeah, no, no one no could audience. hear you exactly. So you could play Edmonton and Calgary, or Saskatoon, and Winnipeg on a tour, and you would make three hundred bucks, and drive fifty hours, and you know you would come home and you're like, well, why did I, why did I do that? But when th- this band we 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 played at South by Southwest. You drove to Austin. No, we flew. But we we played at South by Southwest in '97, I think, mm. and we played at CMJ in New York in the '90s. When those things still kind of mattered. Th- when they were, yeah, when Important. they were. They were they were like scouts, their label. Yeah, so that was the dream. Like we would get a record deal, and we would escape Edmonton, and you know the harsh realities of. What record label did you want to be on? Like Merge or something? No, we were more pop. We were more pop than that. Ma- we wanted to be on a major. We wanted to be on like EMI or. Or like a British label or something like be on get on Parlophone and and uh, you know because we were like a little bit more Britpop kind of <laughs> thing. Elephant boots, <laughs> whale boots. <laughs> whale boots. Sorry. So they're both large mammals. Yeah, I or mean. Are they are they <laughs> so I mean, we we decided to move to Toronto to Toronto <laughs> because yeah, at least in Toronto you could play in Hamilton and Montreal and. Kitchener, Waterloo, and London within a few hours, and also Toronto's the biggest city in Canada. And there's it's also a really nice place. It's nice, yeah. yeah. So we we went and played one show there, and we're like, okay, fuck it. I'd never been, I'd never actually been there. I'd been to, you know, New York and um, Europe and stuff, and I'd never been to tr- to Toronto. So we went there, and we r- really liked it, and we moved for a year, and and then the band fell apart essentially because. You know, we're in like in a city, a big city. Yeah, you have to like pay rent. And you have like to pay rent. Wash and dishes. And yeah, stuff. and and so there's three of us living in a two bedroom, and it yeah. just the band fell apart. But then I got in. I I had a friend from Alberta who took me to a, a nightclub, and he's like, "You have to come. You just got to come to the club, man. Like, you, but your band sucks. <laughs> just come to the club and and hang out." And I mean, I was aware of club music. The rave scene was yeah. big in Edmonton and stuff, yeah. but it was trance and everything but anyway my friend took me to this club called system sound bar and he gave me ecstasy (laughs) and then i got i really got into like deep house or whatever so that was kind of my first entry into club real club music what was the guy's name rod 
Rod. His sister lives in New York. It's the craziest thing. Um, you ran into her on the street. I ran into her at a uh, at a club or something, and she was like, "I think you know my brother." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> but she's yeah, they're from Peace River, Alberta. But anyway, so I really, <laughs> <laughs> my friend Rod got me into it, and I was hooked, mostly on the drug part, but. <laughs> I like the music. I mean, I got I started to understand the music when once I once I started doing ecstasy and ketamine, mm. and so I would I had this phase like a six month phase where I would go out every weekend. Um, there was some there was a lot of clubs in Toronto then like big clubs. And um, so this is what year is this now? This is like two thousand. Two thousand, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we we would go to System Sound Bar and there was so another. This is like Electro Clash is starting. It it yeah it. It was starting because um, it was like adult and all that stuff. Well, because and also um, there was uh, the Danny Tenaglia compilations that he did for Global Underground, and he put like Anthony Anthony, Anthony Rother, Rother, yeah, and um, Miss Kitten and the Hacker, and also Tiga was getting big then, so that was kind of definitely filtering. Is in. Where's he from? Montreal. Montreal. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that yeah, that was definitely a flavor that was coming in. But was I he playing in Toronto a lot? Yeah, he was. He's been. He wore that hat or something, right? I've actually never seen Tika play. Didn't he wear? He used to have wear like one of those like Dr. Seuss hats. <laughs> really? <laughs> I could be totally making this up. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't. I don't maybe I should. <laughs> but delete yeah. That. But I mean, maybe he did. Who knows? I think. But he, I think he's always been a pretty good DJ. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's been around for a long time. But so yeah, that was that was kind of happening. Although I wasn't really. You were just uh, going to like take drugs. I and was just going to do drugs and and hang out and and like, but yeah. I I would be kind of like the rock guy at the club, so people. Did uh, you wear your eyeliner? <laughs> no, I wore a bandana for a while actually. Like around your leg. No, like full bandana, but that's just because I was sweating a lot. But but like uh, like like, Guns and Roses style. No, or no, like um, Rambo style <laughs> or Springsteen style. Um, but yeah, we g- I got I got into that for a while. But then, the, you know, like it, the... What dr- kind of shirt? Just like a t-shirt. Oh, it's cold, so... Yeah, we're t- like indie rock t-shirt or something. Or like something like that. What band? Um, my friend's made-up band. Like oh, okay. uh, he had a, He had a band called Escobar, but it had this like... Val- uh, I think you, sti- you still wear that shirt, maybe. Probably. <laughs> my t-shirts are, are pretty grungy these days, but... <coughs> yeah, I got, I got into club, properly into club music after that. Mm. Like D- DJ, I would go see DJs and stuff after that. Before I, w- I hated DJs before that. Yeah, because I was a like rock guy, well musician dude. That seems to be like I mean I've I've done a couple of these now. It seems to be like that. That's a that's a period where uh, it became okay for rock people to listen to dance music. You know, that was like yeah. DFA kind of came around, and then there was the whole like Airsats Audio in Detroit, which was kind of you know, it it, w- it crossed over. You know, you could be a rocker dude and listen to that stuff. Yeah, and uh. It wasn't like, like uh, but it wasn't like that for a, a while. You know, like yeah. it, you, it, if you were into rock and people were into I mean Aphex Twin or whatever that's that's that was different it's it different. was different. Yeah. yeah, it was it was like mu- actual music. But if you were into jock it was like jock jams or something or like cheesy. It was che- house music was cheesy yeah. to to me really. Yeah, I mean I just always thought it was candy raver stuff. I thought big pants, ecstasy Mm-hmm. pacifiers that w- jungle junglists yeah yeah uh, that's I what i thought it was until uh, until i moved to new york in like 99 i realized like oh yeah because i was even in san francisco in the 90s and there was like there was stuff going on there but i didn't care i was like 
I was buying records, but I wasn't. I, I w- every time I heard that stuff, it wasn't for me. I wasn't. Well, I mean, I a lot of it isn't still for me. I mean, <laughs> I hear a lot of dance music, and I'm yeah. like, I don't like this. Yeah. You know. So I mean, you kind of you kind of get in where you fit in or whatever, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, for me it was yeah awesome. For me, it was just going to the club one night and my friend basically forcing me to do drugs and then yeah that i've never taken ecstasy really no wow a lot of people told me they're like how do you how are you how do you you don't understand dance music i just because when i was in high school everybody would take it a lot like a lot of my friends would take it in i would look at him and i'd be like no because they do the whole like rolling face and i was like i'm not yeah it's too self-conscious i was like i'm not yeah I'm not gonna do that, and plus I'm pretty pretty conservative. I don't want to like you let, let lose, my emotions lose show. Your cool. you know? Yeah, I mean, I I I lost my cool for sure <laughs> for the first time. Um, I could see that, but yeah, I mean, uh, that that's kind of what it took. That 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 was actually a real turning a real turning point. But were you were you me. collecting records like that all no. that before? And so no. So then, did you realize you wanted to? be a dj or you know i didn't want to be i didn't want to be a dj i i you just started going to all these parties i mean i i was i was serious about music and uh, we were making i was making an album in toronto by yourself well with the band but i ended up doing all the work i had like a, a mini disc thing but we were we were renting um synthesis like we rented a nord lead when those came out and like we were so we were doing electr we were essentially doing electronic music um it was like the faint or something. No, it was more like uh, um actually what happened was um remember when Radiohead went they got all into Aphex Twin and stuff. I guess so, but I always hated Radiohead. Well, the thing that that kind of really it, they blew blew my shit up cuz uh, we were kind of doing that kind of stuff and um it became big and then everybody was all the rock bands were doing that. So our band broke up, but at the time we were doing kind of electronic rock mick and like not rock but like guitars and vocals and drum machines and synths and stuff so i was doing all that and then i mean the timing was pretty amazing because i got taken to a club and basically shown all this uh this kind of new culture and was able to transition out of just rock and into making electronic music so i mean i that i didn't want to be a dj i wanted to make i wanted to be a producer right i wanted to like make make the house tracks that people were playing and was that i mean your band breaking up or whatever was that did that did you realize that you could just do it all yourself with this type of music was mm-hmm. that any type of factor at all you're like oh i don't need to share yeah definitely the duties or well because two of the two of the guys were in school so one guy was um going into medicine and the other guy my brother was doing law so they were they had futures. Yeah, they were. I mean, not like you. Yeah, not like me. <laughs> so, they, they they did their school stuff, and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna work on music. I actually en- ended up moving back to Edmonton, and finishing my degree. I did a history degree, and so when and I what went, what kind of history? Just all sorts of general like history. Yeah, I would do mi- like World War Two and medieval history and stuff, and I, I did English and history. So I went back and I finished my degree. And then I stayed in Edmonton for a couple of years after, or a year or two after finishing school, like 2000, I, w- I moved back just before September 11th. Mm-hmm. So I was in Edmonton and then um, I started a electronic band there, like an actual dance 
like electro kind of thing. Whale boots. No, we, it was called DJV and the Abominable Snowman. DJV. DJV. Like DJV. I think you told me this before. Yeah. So we w- we DJV and the Abominable Snowman. Yeah, it was Snowman or Snowman. 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 So that was <laughs> that was kind of like a real thing. And that's just you. No, it was me and my friend Darren. Who was in the other band with you? No, this he was like a new collaborator. A new guy. A new guy, you met yeah. Him, you met him getting your degree. Well, I met him at school, but we'd actually played on, on the same hockey team when we were six. Sweet. And I I didn't know who he was, and in school he was like, hey, man, um, do you remember me? I'm like, no, dude. Get did, the fuck did you I'm like, get the fuck away <laughs> Did you ever have like a flashback where you like finally remembered him? No, but I, I what I did is I went and looked through the... Oh, and you saw the, the archives. Photo. And I saw the archives, and and his dad was my. Our, both our dads were assistant coaches. Oh, so your dad, your dads were probably really good friends. Our our dads knew each other, yeah, and so uh, they weren't like tight, but they knew each other. Yeah. But so we started collaborating, and um, he he was in uh, art and design, and so he was more into like craft work, and um, he was into, yeah, he was into adult and all that kind of stuff. He was a little artier well, than at, me. at the same time, there was like Suction Records was in Toronto. Was that on your radar at yeah, all? Yeah, for or sure. Like Low Fish and Solvent. Y- yeah, and yeah, and yeah. Did you know those guys? or, no, or they I were just kind I of... I didn't know any of them. You would see the records for sale or hear it at the yeah. club or something. I knew I knew nobody. I knew... I, I mean, I knew literally nobody hmm. in the music scene. Not all my friends were rock people generally... Well, my friend Darren wasn't, but but we were in Ed- we were in Edmonton. I mean, Edmonton to Toronto was a four-hour flight, so like I knew I didn't meet any of I those mean, guys. I mean, so in it's Toronto. it's like going from like um, so that's like going from uh, how far I- if you're gonna w- what's a comparison city in America that people it'd be like flying from here to Boise, Idaho. Yeah, from here to the very middle of America, or like all the way across Europe or something. Yeah, I mean, it's a world of it's a world apart. I don't realize they're that far apart. So if you drive, it's like. 12 hours 50 hours 50 the drive from edmonton to toronto is is 50 hours it's that far away so it's closer to seattle or something yeah it's a 18 hours drive to seattle (laughs) 15 15 hours okay it's 12 it's 13 so it's so it's it's west coast yeah it's 13 hours from edmonton to vancouver okay i mean it's very it's very isolated it's a very far-flung and oil is the thing there yeah Oil, yes. I didn't realize it was that far from Toronto. It's ins- it's uh, it's crazy. So it's up there too. So it's very far north. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. I have to. It's Canada's a big big place. I mean, maps are free. You can look at a. I have one in my kitchen. Well it's like from like 1953. A world ma- like a world map or. Yeah. Well, we'll look at. Or no, it's North America. Well, you can. Canada's on there. Edmonton will be on. But it there. probably has like a different name in 1953 or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's like Aboriginal. It's, it's called Edmonton. Oh, it's so called Edmonton. Uh, but geez. anyway, I being, tried. being from Edmonton, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know anybody. None of there's there was no, there's some successful musicians from Edmonton now. Mac DeMarco's from Edmonton. Oh, great. Um, there's a few other people, but uh, but at the time there was no no one would make it. But were you d- were you in touch or how did you find out about stuff on the is the internet a big thing yet or um. You didn't have the addiction you have now. No, I didn't. I didn't really. I mean, how I I would just I would hear stuff in the cl- in the cl- like when I lived in Toronto, I really got into the club scene, so I would know tracks. I didn't buy them, but I would I would know them. 
but this is like heavy soul seek so if you wanted or not soul seek whatever line Lime wire. Lime wire yeah so yeah. if you wanted a track you could instantly yeah you could put it, it on your hard drive and burn yeah. it on a cdr yeah you could or, or i mean uh, i would get i would get compilations like the tiga um, disco like nouveau or something. yeah i got disco nouveau or i would i would buy um yeah i would just buy cds like i bought a uh i don't know but i i mean i had always been buying cds yeah not but not vinyl but not for djing or no anything. not for just, DJing. just for home listening yeah and so um this is a time you just honed your skills probably you're mm -hmm. you're learning how to use your su 700 yeah my su 700 from i got from yamaha i got pro tools i had pro tools with the g3 on yeah with the g yeah um, g3 tower mac, the mac g3 the yep. aqua one or whatever and so I and I had um, Pro Tools LE. Yeah, Pro Tools LE. Yeah, I had that too. And like every time you do everything, you have to like wait for it to like render. You like move something a little bit, and you have to like wait like forty-five seconds. Yeah, I liked. I actually liked the it way sounded it sounded pretty good. Actually. It did, and I liked the way that it processed effects because you could. Y it wasn't an insert like you could just you know how you just put the effect on it and then it would render it. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. So you could mangle stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't. Uh, it wasn't immediately. You'd have to like wait for the form to like show up go back and yeah but then it was fast for back then yeah it was it was amazing it was that was amazing and so i had pro tools and reason and i was making oh yeah reason 1.0 came out yeah i was making kind of like um uh i don't know like progressive house or something at that point <laughs> what is wha what makes progressive house progressive what, um, what's it what's it i never understood that i think it's just like an amped up darker version of house but <laughs> but yeah i mean i was doing this progressive house thing but then we w once the electro clash thing had kind of come we out it made it all the way to edmonton well it was yeah and it was fun it was like yeah. fun music and it was kind of cool and kind of indie or and whatever you could you could show you, you could wear your bandana yeah i could wear my bandana <laughs> and and wear like eyeliner know, or like diesel jeans or whatever berets <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyways, did you wear the beret and the headband at the same time? No, <laughs> no, the beret, the beret was, was. Oh, that was high school. That was nineties. Yeah, okay. I was like going to punk shows or whatever. It was like singles or something. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 the D DVS was was like a real thing where we we did a seven inch and we would play shows, we would do shows and and um, you know people would actually come and dance at the at the shows, which was really cool. And you're playing like at local, like at the rock club or like the yeah. Well, we would do our own house parties or yeah. We would there was a kind of a loft a loft space called Studio E in Edmonton that we would do stuff. And you just play through like guitar amps and stuff. Yeah, we would get ba rolling bass amps and put the samplers through there and like load load floppy disks and stuff. And, and what would you play between the songs? Did well, you we have like a we had two, we had two. So we w uh, one guy would be Darren would play his or our track on the sampler and then while he was doing that I would be loading the floppy disks on the other one. <laughs> so that's why we had two. So it's like tag team. Yeah, we were tag teaming the back SU700s. To back. Yeah. And then sometimes you would load the the disks in the wrong su succession. <laughs> and so <laughs> the song wouldn't load and then you would have to keep like playing the same song. Or, or like play a drone on the yeah. the Juno 106 and that was really fun though. Yeah, but I think yeah, they used to like uh Doppler effect would do that before like between the songs they would like take the floppies out and like load them in so you'd have like this break it was like really awkward awkward thing between the songs yeah i mean but that the, the awkwardness of it was yeah it was what cool. made it fun 
<laughs> you didn't. You everything was about to fall apart. Well, because it was kind of standoffish, because you know, you just people didn't know what you were doing. It well was it was so new to yeah. like stand up there with like this keyboard that was like making sounds when you just touch one thing. Yeah, and and so I I mean I kind of I kind of be became more like a performance thing for me where I would. Were you like dancing around and yeah, singing and stuff? Yeah, I wouldn't really sing, but I would just like dance around and stuff, you know. So you were getting loose. Yeah, I would get really drunk <laughs> and high or whatever. I mean, I would not. I you were putting on a show. Yeah, we'd do a show. We would have. And what about the other show. guy? Was he doing it too, or you? Well, were, you were more the. Well, I was more of the front man. So. <laughs> so you just push load and then dance around. Yeah, yeah, and he <laughs> would he would kind of man the controls. Oh, so I you 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 would load and then and then go dance around and he would switch to the other one and then you go and load the other one. He would do that because I mean the if the name was DJV and the Abominable Snowman, so you were you were DJV. No, I was the snowman. Oh, so I I was like the fun fun loving guy and DJ was like the austere German design student <laughs> guy who would. But we I mean we made a we made a bunch of music together. And is that on your SoundCloud? No, it's on. You can get buy it, it on iTunes. Yeah, you can get it on, I- on iTunes and stuff. You get a lot of money from that. No, <laughs> none, <laughs> zero dollars. Can I rip it from YouTube? <laughs> you, you can. You, I'll send it to you if you want. I mean, I'm curious just to skip through it. I don't. I'm not. Uh, we the first thing we did was 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 pretty cool. It was kind of this electro thing, <coughs> and then it it gradually became more commercial, and uh, the last thing we did. It was like a pop record, yeah. But like, but like a bl- it became Bloghouse basically. So it was like over four years. Electro clash to Bloghouse. Yeah, so w- from so two thousand to two thousand five. Yeah, more like two thousand two to two thousand and seven, seven, eight. Because you're in Edmonton. Well, I, I moved back to Toronto at one point. Oh, at, at to to go back to school. I did a journalism. I went to Toronto to do journalism in like two thousand five. And. It's like a doctor, like you're a like whatever, a, I don't know. Yeah, like master's Something. level or whatever. So what, happened, I, to I what happened to the other guy? He came with you? No, he stayed in, in Edmonton. And he's still in Edmonton now? No, he lives in Vancouver now. Vancouver? Oh. Yeah. Are you still in touch? Yeah. And what is he doing? He Art stuff? Yeah, he's a like a designer. Pub- public, like a um, urban planner or something. So, But now you're off on your own again after going to Toronto. Yeah. You, st- you just stayed? That's when you met your wife. I didn't meet my wife until year. I had like f- five years before I met my wife in Toronto or back in Edmonton. In Edmonton, so but I would go. I would go back and visit and do shows with with DVA. D- we we be, we became DVAS. So I would go back because <coughs> we would get. Did you have beef with DVS one? I remember when I started seeing his name and he was like, his, like mu- his music was way better. <laughs> um, but I would. It was just this part. I don't think he made music. He was just a DJ. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but he I mean we would go I would go I was studying in Toronto and I would go home to Edmonton. <coughs> but we w- we had a good fan base so we would get a thousand bucks to play and so it would, c- it would enough cover to pay for your flight. F- for my flight, yeah, and so I would come back and do a show and then go back to to, to Toronto to study. So that's when I met my wife on one of those trip trip mm, home. So bringing home the chicks. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean there was th- it was a fun time, you know. There was like <laughs> <laughs> there was like people were dancing and having having fun. It was my MySpace era. It was a different era, you know. MySpace era. And so 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 this worked out for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you met your wife, 
I don't know how what she she I don't know. I just say that because I know I know her now and you're still, you know, your wife it's your wife. You're still together now. Yeah. So um did that relationship brought you to Edmonton again or or she came with you to Toronto? She Toronto? moved to Toronto. And so you guys were in Toronto for a while. Yeah, I mean the thing with living in Edmonton is that it if it's you're It's very isolated. It's very isolated and it's all my family's there and stuff. It's it I like to go and visit now. Um but it, at the time being a young person there was it was difficult because yeah. if you're into you're just watching the world happen in other places and you're in Edmonton and you know we had a, a a nice scene there of people that were into cool music but a lot of them have moved now there's still uh, there's still a few people that are that are there that are a, a lot of them go to what Vancouver or yeah Toronto. Vancouver or Toronto and and Mont- Montreal, too. Montreal yeah um, so I mean we we it, it was hard for me to, to be to be there um, and so when I was in Toronto, my wife was like, oh, I'm going to move out there with you. So. And then, and, uh, that's it. Story's over. That's it. Yeah. Man. <laughs> no, but I mean, I had, I had a serious job though. Right. Cause I did, I did journalism in Toronto, in Toronto. And it's a really competitive place for journalism. So I was in this kind of hamster wheel rat race for. What kind of, but so this is like for magazines or? Yeah, like hard news. I worked in TV and newspapers and stuff. That was before the like uh, free content model. It was just coming into that. So there wasn't, uh, you know, there wasn't like a lot of jobs actually because everybody was getting cut from news and stuff. So I I mean, I was doing career stuff. The music, (coughs) the music thing kind of fell by the wayside for a few years. And um, I was just working, paying off my student loans. All of twenty grand, actually, for two degrees in Canada. In Canada, that much? Well, sounds like a lot. That's two degrees, man. I don't know, man. People's I people's student loans in the U.S. is like four hundred grand. Oh, not me. I don't have any. I dropped oh. out of school. Oh, well, you're lucky. I went to for two and a half years, and those. You're lucky, though, man. Like a lot of people are swimming in debt instead of swimming at the <laughs> Y or whatever. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Um. So you're in Toronto and you're on your own. You're you're working as a normal person, mm-hmm. and uh, music kind of you're you're over you're not over it, but it, you have to do pay rent and be a grown up for a little while. Yeah. And uh, did were you doing any kind of kind of music stuff then, or just kind of partying? Well, the DVS thing was kind of still happening, but but you were in separate places. Yeah, and so it it it, it kind of uh, just kind of petered out. But we I did an we did an album. We did. Our but you were releasing this on your own label, or well, we we started by doing it on on our own label called Mandroid, and then I worked with I worked with this Canadian label um, for one last CD. We did a release. It was supposed to be a vinyl release, but th- everything got fucked up with it. It was a horrible experience. Uh, horrible <laughs> experience working with this label. They f- they fucked up every aspect of it, and it was just the worst like the worst thing ever and um so i quit after that <laughs> i remember playing we played a show was it and the label's probably really successful now or no they're not successful don't at even all. exist they've like destroyed more alive the people of the lives of more people than than you know than donald trump <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe not that much but but uh yeah i, I remember playing i was playing a show with them uh, with the band and i'm like this is i'm never doing this ever again <laughs> And that was it. I quit. So you retired. Yeah, retired. That was two two thousand and ten or something. Yeah, and then you came to New York. Yeah, 
pretty much. And what and what brought you here? Well, my wife wanted to move here. And you were married already. I was married, yeah. And so she got a job, a, a real grown-up job. She she wanted to move here for work, yeah. And, so and you were like, all right, let's go. Well, because, I mean, this journalism scene or whatever, was it's a tough... I mean, I had started, I started my label in like good time and I started in 2013. And you were already in New York or you were still there? No, I was still in Toronto. So it just started there? It just started, yeah. And uh, the next year we moved here. And what, you had one release or something? Two, yeah, two. T- and they're only your stuff? Or a f- couple um, other, yeah, well Roberto. Yeah, Roberto did one and then we, m- me and Roberto did a couple uh, colla- collaborations as Conga Radio. Um, like some kind of house, deep, deep house kind of stuff, um, but it was yeah, it's mostly just stuff that I've done. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I had started the label, and my wife wanted to move here, and I'd been DJing more, and uh, I, I thought, okay, great, let's go. But I mean, it's weird to me that I mean, you're you're when I play with you, you you can like mix records and play records. It seems like you've been DJing for a long time. Um, when did that? just picked it up you're like oh, i'm just gonna buy records and dj now well i mean i had dj'd i had dj'd in toronto in well in edmonton too i mean i had i had you know a friend you just picked it up yeah friends like do you want to <coughs> do you want to dj at my i, I have a, fr- a friend nick koza who has a label in edmonton um he's a producer and uh they have this label and so they did a party called normal's welcome and he, he was like you want to come and dj so me and my friend darren would go play just with cds you know we play like axel f and yeah, a good song or whatever you know fletch yeah like the yeah exactly <laughs> the, the fletch soundtrack. back and forth <laughs> yeah and like you know or or um uh. i don't know what what i we would have i would buy the occasional record or whatever i have like um a Gino Socio record or whatever, yeah. but so I knew how to mix. I could mix, and um, and then in, t- in Toronto I started playing more because there was this place called the Drake Hotel, and you could get three hundred bucks to play. So um, I would I would go DJ there occasionally, and you know I'm not really serious about it, but just like learned. Yeah, picked learned it picked it up it. along the way. Yeah, and became uh, you're more of a record collector now. Than than when you were young. before it was just CDs and stuff. Yeah, CDs and stuff. But but um, I mean I I I haven't I don't even really collect stuff. I just I'm trying to find cool music to play now. Um, I actually was thinking of because if if I move apartments, I don't want to move any. I don't want. I'm just it gonna sucks. sell everything. It sucks. Well, how many? Rec- I had 120 or something like that boxes of r- records up fourth four four floors. Yeah, it's it. It's not worth it. <laughs> it really. almost killed me. It was stupid, but I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to move again. Hopefully. Well, that, I mean, that's without the thing. getting rid of them. But exactly. Um, um, so, but I mean, the other thing too is that it happens. I when you come to New York, it's a disco town, and so mm-hmm. New York, something happens when you come here. I don't know if it's the energy level or the different people or what it is, but when you come here suddenly dance music is everywhere mm-hmm. you know whether even even i wouldn't even call it dance music i would call it dj culture because anywhere you go it w- you know y- you have this like even with rap music or you know uh soul soca reggaeton mm-hmm. they all have this like <coughs> dj thing going on in new york and mm-hmm. it crosses over the house techno 
Yeah, whatever, like whatever Brazilian music, you know, lounge, you know, hotel lobby, rich people, you know, like it's 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 something is here. Yeah. And it, it like it catches you and you 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 buy records. It's I don't know what it is. Well, I mean, I'd been buying stuff in tr- in Toronto, but I mean, it probably multiplied when you got Well, here. when you, 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 you I would just go to A1 every I mean, I would come down and visit I would come to New York on vacation and stuff and I would go to A1. But I mean, and that that's the other thing too that I guess probably makes it easier is that the you know, you can't really buy. You can buy new records here, but you can buy used records probably better than almost anywhere in the world. Yeah. For cheaper, like the the dollar bins here are just you can you know, the one of the guys that Jeremy from A1 always says, you know, like I can make you a DJ set out of the dollar bin. Like yeah. I can fill, you know, you can go in there and spend $30. Yeah. And you can have a 2-hour DJ set yes. like within, you know, 30 minutes, you know what I mean? Well, when I when I moved here, I quit I had quit my job. Yeah. In Canada, I did I did some kind of freelance stuff, but <coughs> I would just go to A1 and just go on the dollar bin. I didn't have any money, but I had time, so I would just <laughs> go look for the good ones. I would just go and and I would find amazing stuff that, I mean, I'm still playing to this day. Like the last four or five years of just going there. I don't go there as much now because I have a kid. You know, just had a baby, so I can't really get out as much to to go digging. But yeah, I mean, moving here, it changed kid, kid will be old enough soon, you know. Yeah, he's almost there now. But <laughs> just to like leave him on the on the top. Four months, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean, just yeah, moving here, I'm lock I'm up in the bathroom or something. Well, do do you know Patrick Billhard? Yeah, he used to. I would see him digging with his baby, and um, you know, kid. I saw on Instagram the kid is like a healthy, happy child now. So yeah, I mean, you know. But yeah, I mean, like the a, yeah, going to A one and everything it just it changed the whole, uh, my whole DJ, s- DJ vibe, if you will, because I be before I would I would play with it. I mean, Toronto has some good records too, but but it doesn't have the heritage that New York has, definitely. Yeah, I don't know what it is. They're just so cheap here. There's just so many, you know, like every mm-hmm. single, uh, whatever, teenager in New York put had a set of turntables and had a record collection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and when they finally got their job at the MTA or, or uh, you know, as a doorman or whatever, their mom sold their records or threw them out whenever, and right. you know, and they're now available at A1. There's you so know. many 12, there's so many 12 inches. And then, <coughs> you know, you can keep, you can just find, like at the thing, you just find stuff. I also found out too, is that I, I was talking, I don't remember exactly who told me, but I, for a little while I was hanging out with DC LaRue, like working on music. He's like a, he was on uh Casablanca, yeah, yeah. like a disco guy. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, at the same time, I was. It was before what Charlie's Record Store is called, uh, the one next to Sonic Groove on Carmine, or across the street. Uh, whatever. It was like the one where everybody went after the Paradise Garage. But um, oh, right, okay. I was starting to. I and then also at the same time, I was like pressing records with Will Sokolov, and then going to Judy Weinstein for Downtown Records. And what I found out is that. Um, a lot of the New York record sales, like they would put promo only the people at the warehouse, like the people pressing the records, they would put promo on it so they wouldn't have to like mark them with the sales and they were just selling them out of the back to all the record stores. Uh, okay. And so a lot of the records in New York are just like they're it's kind of a bootleg, but they're right. like from from the labels and they would just say because, you know, so much stuff in New York, you find it says p- for promotional use only. Right. And, you know, they're not 
they're making you know selling tens of thousands of promos of like yeah whatever records like larry levon mixes or whatever um so that's i mean those records like weren't on on the sales list there were promos and they were just sold out of the back well like they're the guys just working at the clubs and those are all here now you know? yeah and they're i mean it was probably basically almost free to make them in a way because they're just yeah, like that. It's just got, you know. It still works. As well. But yeah, like just to, to, uh, to have to, <laughs> to have that access here, is really, it's been a, it's been great. It's been a, it's a weird place. But now, um, let's get more into into modern times. So you, you became Jexopolis at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. I mean, the first time I remember seeing you, the first time, I think I. Was it the first time I met you? It was like outside a, um, that place on like North Sixth or something, and you were with Diego. Maybe. Oh, yeah, no, or maybe was it there? Or maybe it, it was. It could have been at the yoga place too, the like body actualized. But uh, we played together though once. Oh, that was with Yusu. With Yusu, yeah, at at Elvis Guest House. <laughs> that was weird. Did I meet you? That was that the first time. No, I, met I you? think I met you with Diego Her- Herrera before. Yeah, Suzanne Kraft. Yeah. When and yeah. I was like, who's this guy who has the same glasses as me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to have those glasses. The, sa- I, the Sally Jessies. I had two pair, and they both broke, and now I'm, now I'm just... These are metal. That's why they lasted so long. Oh, okay. They're I aluminum. I need to get those. I can't find... I've tried to find another pair. I c- I've been searching. Like, I'll, like, look on eBay every few months just to get the same pair, because they've lasted so long. I was like, don't want to... I mean, it's, it's a good look. You I don't, don't want to buy more glasses. They're so expensive. These were like 20 bucks. Yeah, the b- I, I got two pair in, in Chicago at some uh, vintage shop. And then bo- both of them broken. So, yeah. but Me- You got to get metal ones. I need to get metal. Mu- uh, metal They're aluminum. Ones. Aluminum is a good one. Uh, or as they say in England, al- aluminum. Uh, no, I can't even say it now. But yeah, we're we I met I maybe met you with Diego because he stayed with me. I mean, it's just shortly after I had moved here, he... he yeah, I think that... And it was... was that What was that place? Jiffy owned that club there, and Evan Wiener worked there, and it was, like, on by Bedford and, like, North Six, and it had all the... Which place? I can't remember the name of it now. Me and him were there? Yeah, I thought so. And then, or, or maybe... I don't know. I don't know. But anyway... Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I be... Jexopolis was my MySpace name, and Fr- then... From what... Well, just I have, I have no idea. I think it was Je- I was Jez for a while, <laughs> and then like Jex was like the hacker version, like a hack computer hackers type. Yeah, like Jez, Matrix. Jez is no good. No. Yeah, Jez is too lat. Too close. Little too close to Jizz. Yeah. Know? No. <laughs> no. No. I don't want no Jizz. Jizzopolis. That sounds like a porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. None. None of that. So. <laughs> Jex just I needed a name for I had made some track I mean back in going back in time now to Toronto I need I needed a name because I'd been making music so I just put that on there the first record and then I'm still I'm actually thinking about coming up with a new a new name or something you know like rebrand first people well (laughs) or like rebrand is like uh Pierced Brosnan <laughs> or something. No, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> mm, you're 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 trying not to let it out out the true your true persona. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> what like bad puns? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, so um, 
But you're, you're, you're doing pretty well now. Let's talk about modern times, you know. Mm. Let's talk about Jordan Peterson. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And uh, cancel culture and uh, uh, stuff like that. No, he, um, he went to rehab. Did you hear that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, wow. He's from Edmonton. Is he? Or he? W- yeah, he's from <laughs> he's from Fairview. You got excited. Well, because it's like I'm looking for people. You know, Edmonton people. Are like, where's Edmonton? Well, Jordan Peterson went to school there. He's from there. Someday. But he's not a professor there. No, he, he's in he's in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, he went to rehab. So. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He yeah. looks he he looks like he takes he's got the these teeth thing like that looks like he takes drugs. Drug teeth? No, like he it's like something some the some balance is not right and it like manifests in his mouth. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of too old for I'm married and stuff, so I'm kind of too old for his target demographic. Yeah, I mean, you know, y- it's fine. Whatever. You know, wh- whatever. We don't. I'm just joking. We yeah. don't talk about it. Yeah. But um, what else can we talk about that's new and modern that can get us into trouble, but we can like briefly skirt around it? Um. Or, or tiptoe. I, it's your show, man. <laughs> <laughs> but if we, if we didn't have the camera on, you would be have like 16 ideas. Would I? I don't know. Probably. I think you're tired. You went running today or something. I did I did go running and then I got stuck in the rain. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. But you're I mean, so so you you just went to um the the one thing I remember like the first thing I really remember like the Jexopolis thing is that you made this video with your iPhone mm-hmm. and you like are like wearing like a tracksuit like walking around like shaking your butt and I was like this is cool. He just like made a video. He doesn't care. Like uh, um what and it was look at my car. Yeah, look at my that's car. That's the song. Um, so if anybody hasn't seen this YouTube video, check it out. It's, it's pretty impressive. It's it's a all iPhone. Yeah, all iPhone. And you filmed it, or, or I filmed it. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. So you went out by yourself with a tracksuit. No, I I'm not actually in a tracksuit. Oh, I thought don't you have like weird pants on or something? That's not me. Oh. <laughs> that's not me. I I had I had some help with it, but yeah, I shot. I just I shot some stranger's butt. Well, I know the person, but anyway, it's my wife, okay? <laughs> Newsflash. Basically, like, the only person that would be in my video is my wife. So, yeah, we, uh, I don't know. I just made the video for it. And um, this that, that was, like, in the Facebook. Remember when Facebook video was a thing? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, my life is totally. But you could put stuff, like, Facebook video, you would get. It would go viral, kind of, amongst your friend group. So yeah. I put, I made this video, and then I put it up there, and and uh, it got like five thousand plays in a day, <laughs> which was which was amazing. I mean, this is only three years ago, but I feel yeah, I deleted my Facebook a little while ago, but but um, yeah, that was fun. That worked. That worked well. And what you know, and, and uh, some other stuff that's going on too. Like you, you seems like you play a lot of I, you played so much with Beats and Space parties. That I thought you had a record on Beats and Space. I mean, maybe Tim is trying to get me to do a record on his label. I don't. He's never really been like, "You should do a record on my label." But he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to ask. Maybe he. Maybe that's why he doesn't text me back anymore because I haven't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he 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 does. But I mean, Tim. Tim kind of hooked me up, man. He put me on the show, on the Beats and Space show, um, in 2015, and I feel like after since then. I kind of ha- was it's like, oh, this guy is not just some Canadian. He's <laughs> actually like a real, he has his own label and he can, he knows how to DJ and, and all that stuff. So 
you know, shout out to Tim, man. But there's no like a uh, um there's no like people don't think like you you're not like some for some weird reason you're not like exotic for some like you're from Edmonton and it's really weird if you think about it. But for some reason you're you're just like now you're a New Yorker. You're like here and you're like part of it. But I mean, what you didn't you never like exploited your uh, like where you were from like, you know, you're like how like, how would I do that? Though? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Cause because there's no identity like that people can associate with where you're from. Yeah. You know, like it seems like some people will come here like, oh, I'm from up Chicago and now I'm I'm New York, and they would like exploit that. Yeah. But, but you came here and you just like, yep, I'm just I'm just part of this whole thing here now. Well, because you no one knows what Edmonton is. <laughs> Fifty hours away. It's fi- it's a fi- it's a fifty-seven hour it's drive. A fifty-seven hour drive from New York, and no one cares about it. No one knows. There's, I mean, it's just it's hilarious. It it, you know, I mean, I'm from there. I I like to go visit and stuff, but there's nothing to really put it on the map. It's like Ma- uh, Mac DeMarco and Robert Goulet and Jordan uh, Peterson. Yeah, and Jordan <laughs> Peterson and um, rehab. Who else is from there? Tommy Chong is from he? Edmonton. Like so Cheech and Chong. Yeah, Cheech and Chong. But, you know, actually, <laughs> Edmonton, I went back there last year, and my friends had been telling me for years to go to this flea market because they had records. And I'm like, yeah, I live in New York. I don't care. But I, w- I finally went to this flea market last year, and the all of the good records have been taken, like all the tracks. Uh, appra- this collection was they had all the tracks all the yeah. you know everything everything that had come out from 1980 to 1990 and the, the only thing that was left was like bad new beat and uh, kind of like euro disco and high energy but it was amazing that i I bought i spent 500 bucks there. <laughs> yeah i like all that stuff too yeah so i mean edmonton has a there's a heritage there but just no one cares about it basically yeah. um know? so what so you went to go play dick mantle this year mm-hmm. um what was that like? How did that happen? You they just emailed your booking agent or no? I I got in. They got in touch with me um, about a, about a year and a half ago about mm. doing some music for their label, maybe two years ago, like over Instagram or something. They must have seen your Facebook video. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've been releasing music now for or, as or heard you on Beats in Space. Yeah, or maybe they heard me on Beats in Space or just heard. Um, some music that I'd done and they just hit me up like hey do you have any stuff that you haven't released and so I had a cu- I had a couple tunes that I, that I had, I had done that I hadn't released because they were a bit more my label's pretty chill it's like chill out music and so I sent sent it to them and they liked it and they put it out and um, yeah I got invited to play at the festival which was really cool and um, which stage did you play I on? played the red light radio stage which is the small stage but is that that's the one that's for the radio station, like directly they're broadcasting live from it, or there's they another one. They, yeah, they they're broadcasting. It's kind of in the middle there, like by the food trucks. Yeah, by the food trucks. Okay. Yeah, so I, I played that, um, and uh, yeah, I had a great set. It was it was uh, it was really fun. I I did some good prep for it, but <coughs> I played like a bunch of different stuff. I played. Uh, you played live. No, I DJ. You just DJ. Yeah, okay. I just DJ. That's way easier. It yeah the live I I I've been playing live in Europe. Um, I played live in Europe <laughs> a few times this summer, and um, every time the voltage, you know, the voltage thing. I fried so many AC adapters because they don't have AC power there. 
Yeah. And then finally I figured it, uh, you know, had figured it out and figured out the rider and everything. And I was playing in, in Corsica and the stagehand, one of the stagehands just like plugged it in and fried it. And so, yeah, the, I don't know, the live. Do you ever play live? No, never. It's hard, man. It's so hard. I mean, when it goes well, it's really good and it's a big payoff, but. I always feel like uh, I think a good live instrument is the guitar because like people know how to handle a guitar, Mm -hmm. you know, guitar vocals and then a computer. Like, I don't know how else to do it. That makes sense. Like, you know, you're going to bring your 808 or in your Juno, you know, it's like. Well, I mean, I I have um, uh, my live set. I do uh, guitar Juno 106, which everybody has. Somebody has one. So I can get that on. But then sometimes they're messed up, though. Yeah, they're completely fucked. They have dead notes. The voice chips are dead. So, I mean, this whole live, the whole live thing. There's I have some weird compulsion to do it. But it every I mean every time I do it I'm, I'm like I'm never doing this ever again. Halfway th- halfway through the set I'm like I'm never doing this ever again. And then on Monday I, I started thinking like oh maybe I should get a octatrack instead or maybe that'll make but my uh, set better. I don't I mean I think an, an octatrack I think is pretty much like using a computer. Mm-hmm. And you may as well just use a computer. I think so yeah. And the other thing too that I've seen people do that uh, like Eddie Roche Secret Circuit does that. I really thought as cool is that he asked for a CDJ and he just plays some backing tracks on a CD and like plays along with it. Yeah. That's not I mean, and then like new order and Depeche mode did that too, you yeah. know, and, and, but they just had a tape machine. So it right. looked cooler, you know, yeah. same idea. Well, I mean, I use an MPC and, um, but still that's huge to carry around, you know? Well, it's one oh, the MPC small one. 1000, so it's not that big, but yeah, play the playing live thing. I, I just feel like for me, being you know 41 male whatever my i think my all my musical references are becoming out of date and stuff i mean <laughs> as a dj really like I, I you know i can't keep up with everything so if i play live then at least i can do my show or whatever and yeah. i'm like just standing there and well and but I, I mean i don't i don't th- i think that uh i've kind of realized this lately i don't i i could be wrong but it seems to me like a you know the thing that always kind kind of sticks around is authentic authenticity mm-hmm. you know and it, and you know it seems to be especially you know it was kind of like self care was kind of popular now it, it's authentic people are are popular if right. you're do me do you do you yeah so if you're doing your show it doesn't matter what was po- how old you are or what you know was popular before i mean unless you're like straight up ripping somebody off if you're doing your thing yeah, should be okay. You know what I mean. Well, that's a, and uh, and I mean with DJing, it's hard to do that because you're playing other people's music. You're playing other people's music, but then also just with the way that uh, music works with like DJ music works with mixes, DB and discogs and track lists and track IDs and stuff. I mean, so you have a signature track that you play and you play it once, and then everyone has it. So well, I think it's better not to look. Don't look at that stuff. Just keep, keep playing it. Who cares? Yeah, I, I, I agree to to a point, but, you know, uh, so much of DJing now is about being... Original. Or just being a kind of like, a bl- I'm going to blow your mind with all these sick tracks that I have that nobody else has. But I don't think that's reality. I think that's the internet. I think when it comes down but to actually playing in the club, if you're good, you're good. 
Yeah, but so much of the DJ getting booked, it's gonna change. It'll, it'll. Think so? Yeah. I think it's only getting more. It's g- no, I think I think the people that are good will. will it's gonna rise to the top again. I think this whole. Uh, I don't know, man. Well, I, I think what's going on now is that. You but know, uh, am I good? I don't know. Seriously, I mean, like. That's well, you the thing. wouldn't. You wouldn't do it if you didn't think you were good at it. I could be an egomaniac. I could be delusional. Well, I think that's what it takes to to do it you wouldn't do it any other there if you didn't have that you wouldn't do it and i mean like it seems to me like what's going on now across all you know it wouldn't it doesn't it's not just music it's 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 all culture you know it's like art it's it's comedy it's movies it's that your image and your social media following is has become more important than the content I mean, of course, good content always rises above, but it seems to be like that that really is the m- a major factor now, you know, so. Well, I just think that it's so hard to say this is good and this is bad. I really, because to me, a lot of the stuff is shit, but other people like it. And then in a, in a year, I'm like, oh, that actually, that's awesome. I like that. So, I, you know, and... and I'm not the arbiter of what is good or, or not good. I just try to do what I what I do. Um, if people like it, great. If not, I mean that's the with DJing. Yeah. The last, I don't know. I think the last uh, six months or so, I just play what I like. And before, I would try to pander to people yeah. and try to play like maybe play some kind of new new yeah. kind of big room thing or whatever but i think now people like are open to that now i think it's really people see that you're doing and you're playing like if you're up there playing a song and, and you're enjoying it and singing along i think people like that i think so too so i mean all i can do is all uh, all i can do is that but i mean the other i mean the, the I, I talked about this with tracks uh, we couldn't really get an answer and he was like saying you know he was trying to argue with me uh that uh not argue but we were we were having a discussion about you know this the the 80s were like this classic era and uh i I was trying to to get him to express to me what made makes things good like why can you know you know you say you have 10 people and you play them five tracks there'll be some reason why this one track everybody likes it Mm -hmm. like and you know and there was like a lot of stuff that's older tracks these 80s tracks you know they're classics and you know they have this something and w- what is that thing like I w- that was one Me- of the things melody i don't know <laughs> yeah that's no. a, i mean uh, to, to me a it's catchy a catchy tune well that's a good song um, it's a melody and i find a lot of new music is pretty so- lazy well sonically it's really good so it's that ba- i mean i find with djing now it's that balance between finding something that's a good song and then finding something sonically that, because sonics in the club matter. Like you yeah. need something with a big kick, and, and that's what's going on now. Is this stuff that's kind of like, well, I mean, the thing that n- now that I really, it it can work, but it gets uh, old after a while. Is this this music? It's like one sequence, and then they change the drums for six minutes, right? Like the or the s- the s- the melodic sequence is pretty much the same. Maybe they you know change the preset that it's the midi is feeding to and you know filter it or something yeah or add a fix to it but then they just change the drum pattern well it has to yeah it's pretty lazy you need like a good riff yeah do you know that um there's a todd terry track called uh 
forget what it's called Inspector now. Inspector Norse. No, it was the one that before that. I Feel Space. No, that's Lindstrom. Oh. But there's a Todd <laughs> Terrier track where it's one it's one riff. And it works. And it's but it's r- it's a good riff. Yeah. And I mean that's like that Oni Ayun thing kind of too. Which one? On- Oni Ayun, the person from the knife there, that solo record, the blue one with like the wolf on it. Oh. I don't know what. Oh, it's another one. It, it's kind of like a but it's a good riff. Yeah, it's a, it's repetitive. It has the same thing too, you know, like. Yeah, if it's if it, th- I mean, it's like rock music. It it, you need to. I think sometimes people make a track. I, I mean, okay, I do this. I make a track and I ma- I make it work, and then it's done. Yeah, but like it's just like some. But I'm, it's not. I'm like this isn't this isn't even good. Yeah, but they put it out anyways. Because you already spent, you know, three hours making it, so <laughs> you need to, <laughs> you need to get like some ROI on that shit. Yeah. But, I mean, it really, it's hard to step back sometimes. But a good club track is a beautiful thing, and in, in, you know, you need, it needs to have that, uh, which I guess is a luxury that DJs have, where where you can play something and see if people respond to it. Yeah. Because a lot of a lot of times, I'm actually nervous about playing my own stuff out. Because if I know that if it doesn't work, it's gonna be like a you can a never listen to a it soul slap. Yeah. yeah. So it ha- it just it it just has to be good. I was I was there's a there's a Conan O'Brien when he wasn't allowed to be on TV for a little while. He had the show called like Serious Jibber Jabber, uh-huh. and he had one with Jack White. And Jack White was saying that he never makes a playlist before he plays live, and he just like d- based on what the crowd does, he like plays mm. a different song. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Wow! And he was saying that, you know, and, and and that felt like he was like being like a DJ or something, you know, like yeah, I'm gonna adjust and play this fast song or this slow one didn't work or you know, like right. I don't I don't know where I'm headed to, but I thought it was a, it was an interesting point, you know, like where this crossover between you know it's we're still sh- sharing music, you know, what I mean, like this thing between DJing and playing live. Yeah, it's I don't I don't know I I mean I feel like. It seems like it's time where live music is going to come back again. And I like think it. Is, like I, mean, I think know, it's getting there. Yeah. Skills, you know, like someone that can play the guitar or play the uh, trumpet or whatever, is going to be more appreciated than just someone up there playing someone else's tracks. Well, because I think what 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 happens is that the skill, the real skills of DJing, at one point were, you had to be able to mix vinyl, which is kind of hard to do well in a club when you're drunk and people are bumping into you and stuff yeah. so that was the first barrier but you break that down and then Ta- you still need maker but well you still need taste or whatever yeah. but now you know you can a lot of people you can just find cool music from someone else's mix or whatever and mm. then when you w- you keep going down the the pyramid or whatever and then at the b- at the base i think where we're at now with a lot of it is th- it's just like a who are you as a person and then it comes down to like how how do you do on f- social media or whatever because yeah, yeah. it's easy to mix now it's easy to find music so well, i mean it should be a good thing and i just think it hasn't quite boiled all the way down you know like like you know the fact that everybody has access you know like if you can afford a usb stick and some headphones you can be a dj now which is cool you know it you know it's yeah. it's it it hurts you know somebody like me who spent years buying all these records and you like want to be mad at them, <laughs> but <laughs> you so should. Sorry, man. But you shouldn't <laughs> be. You know. But I understand that it's cool that everybody can DJ now. You know, like, but we still need to 
get through, you know, who's good and who's not. You know, like some people can read a crowd and can play a crowd and can pick taste and can judge what's going to be, you know, and I think that should be. But know, I was important. just I was just saying that now with my DJ sets, I don't read the crowd. I show you up with <laughs> I, I show up with like the 50 records that I think are cool. And I'm like, fuck you guys, man. This is what I'm going to play because I, I, I. Oh, man, I'm the exact opposite. But I always thought when I read the crowd, then they, they hated me for it. You know, it. I mean, it go- almost goes back to like a rock, a rock. Thi- I mean, it depends yeah. the g- on the yeah. gig. Yeah. I've done. I, like I, I'll do a hotel gig or whatever. Yeah. And I have to. I'm like, oh, you guys like uh, they're eating dinner now. So I'm well, I'm like, you guys like some Roy Davis Jr. Or like you guys like Larry yeah. Hurd or whatever. Like, is that can I mean, is it, does that work but i mean in a, in a club people if you're the headliner people I are there to see you and you're like well i'm gonna play you some weird shit i get so i get it i'm really bad now like i've been doing these like i i, I open at the big room and at good room a lot now and i'm like so bad now where i have like auditory hallucinations about people like saying how bad this music <laughs> i'm playing now they're like what is this guy play? like maybe i'm really hearing them say that or maybe i'm not then I'll get all paranoid. What do like you? Well, I mean, when I played with you, you were just playing ma- like major label industrial. <laughs> <laughs> so are you playing that then, or what? No, I mean at the warm up set, I feel like is is like when nobody, when people first walk in the club. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's hard. You know, you're playing from ten to one or sure. ten to two, and you're trying to like people come in and like feel comfortable. So you know, I I want to play all this like really pretty, like industrial weird stuff, but I've realized recently that it might be a little too sleepy. And then it's better to pay like boogie or disco kind of like yeah. feel, feel good kind of. I I mean look I, I and but people like some people like one and some people like the other so you you want to try to go back and forth sure. You know? And I did I did o- recently do that opening slot. Actually, the only time I've ever played in the big in the big room yeah. was a couple months ago, and I played I opened for Tim. Yeah, and there's nobody there. There was no one, so I was I p- was like playing Coil or something. Yeah, and then, um, but yeah, I mean I. I wasn't. I didn't show up there with like the fuck you. Here's my like. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here's my like weird Italian thing that I'm gonna play. No, I I was working, I was working that night for sure. But, I mean, I, with with DJing and stuff, it's like, people. I I do believe now at this point, it's like the, you kind of have to tell them what they want, unless you're opening and then you <laughs> you have to play like disco edits. Yeah, I don't whatever. know what to do. I mean, opening's hard. I like I I see. I those are my favorite DJ sets. Er, when you like and that's wha- another reason why I like Good Room because I feel like y- you get a lot of people that aren't there to see you. They're not there mm-hmm. to see the DJs. They're just there to go to a party that mm-hmm. has boom, boom, boom. So if you can, whoever shows up, if you can get them to like it, like I like those kind of sets. Like for me, that's that that's like winning. Not this people that came to see you for the party and you play the. I mean, whatever. I, it's too easy, you know. I also like the boutique, boutique DJing. Yeah. Where you where you get they know who you are and they they listen to your SoundCloud mix and <laughs> so they're expecting weird music and they get weird music. Yeah, yeah. But where do, where do you do that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> like you get booked. You get booked your to ima- play your imagination. <laughs> no, but you get booked to play somewhere and then you know if if you manage to pull it off. But uh, again, like I was uh, with DJing, I, I, I coming from a live music background. I find it challenging sometimes because I'm like, well, fuck, just fucking dance, okay? It's <laughs> like, it's all the same anyways. It's like a fucking 
four four yeah i mean you know what i mean some uh i I won't say who but uh, some of my producer friends they just say all you need to do is have a kick drum in the music and you're just fine that's like i think but that i think that's more of a european attitude i think it's it's different it's different here i don't know i mean i'm still trying to figure i don't for me now i have a lot more fun playing in the u.s and uh then I mean mm. I of course I like to go to Europe and see my friends and there's a, f- a bunch of great places to play but for now it seems more like uh, people don't know the music as well and it's more fresh and they're more they're hungry for it you know I don't know I, I'm enjoying it but I mean you get in Europe and stuff you have people who are so clued in so the y- you're getting these micro genres and stuff that are and then. Pe- People are playing. I'm like, okay, cool, break beats. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll play some breaks, man. I'll, I'll, I'll you got a lot of them, or oh, no, I, but I got some breaks. <laughs> you know, I got some breaks. But okay, cool. But then, you know, you kind of get you, you scroll through the genres, and I feel like it's some of the parties and stuff. And I'm like, man, we're up to like 145 BPM, and we're doing. And then uh, some of the stuff I'm like, this is just the crystal method. This is like sounds like the crystal method. <laughs> this is what we used to call sports bar techno. Yeah. Because the, you know, break beats and acid lines, tech, and that's and a like one a shitty w- sample. Yeah, and that's like a one way ticket to sports bar w- techno <laughs> world. Like we went, we already did that. Or like in London, everybody's into jazz, and then the house guys are into jazz, and I'm like, this seems familiar, <laughs> and so I'm like. Wait a second. We're just like j- we're. J- this is Jamiroquai now, Oof. and I, I actually don't hate Jamiroquai, but uh, you know, like the whole kind of like Giles Peterson, uh, jazzy New York house th- or London house thing. I'm like, well, we're just we already did this. This is like Ben Watt, Buzz and Fly. Like, uh, mm-hmm. no, I'm not. I'm good. Well I know I didn't like it when it came out the first time, like, and that's the other thing. Like people, like I don't. I hate. I don't. Uh, I, oh, I'm gonna do it, but um, like there, there's a new zine, uh, called the. Uh, it goes. This goes back further than that, but the new um, uh, what's the zine called? I bought an ad in it. Um, Paul what? and Paul and Barbie. Oh, love thing. injection. The new love injection has an article about King Street, and it goes back. I mean, it g- goes back further than that. Like the Dope Jams guys always loved all that King Street stuff, and mm-hmm. it, you know it's a big New York label. Yeah, but I don't get it. Like I don't know. They like name all these records, and it's like just stuff that I would just always just skip over. I like well, try to listen to it. Like there's a couple Ch- Carrie Chandlers that I could get. But yeah, like I mean Masters at Work. Like yeah, I, I was gonna say Masters at Work. They I got mean, like one song. I don't know, man. It's not really my. It's not. Really I don't my get it. Steez. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't. But is that popular now or no? I don't think so. It's yeah. not. It's, it's not. just with Love Injection, they really like this New York. Well, because they're doing it's a New York. Zine and they're and yeah, they're doing really the they're doing like. But I mean, even Dope Dope Jams was into it too, and I I like I shared a lot of taste with those guys, but then they would add this Joe Clausel King Street stuff and. Uh, yeah. But I feel I mean like the one that's on there. There's like that D two D four. Is that on King Street? Well, like the sound, the one that samples of manual uh, it's like watching. E- or yeah, something? it's like E two E four, but it has like a kick drum on it. Oh, maybe. I don't. It's like on. It's on one of those labels. Like that's one that I'll play. There's like a couple in there, but I don't quite. I never quite got it. I don't know. I'm, I'm just missing something. I guess. Well, I mean, it, it it probably goes back to like uh, if you're like a the loft. Well, I mean, are you like a band guy? Yeah. Well, it goes back to that because when I was 
when I was in bands or whatever, it's this is this is really funny. Like when I was in bands, thank you. People would people would be like, yeah, I can't come to see your band tonight. I'm going to the DJ thing. <laughs> I'm like fucking DJs. But now all those guys are old and they still play vinyl and they're like fucking goddamn cdj playing <laughs> you know like kids or whatever and i'm like see now you know how i feel well, i mean when i when, uh, that's what i mean what the way i feel about it is that those people would never have led us into their club like when i first moved to new york it was still kind of a they had this like tribe tribal was on the way out it was still here mm-hmm. but it was still going on you go to the club and they have like the bongos and the dj and like well like at vinyl with tenaglia yeah something? yeah w- i mean they would have that and there, w- there would be like smaller clubs it was like it was a pretty like regular thing to go to a, like a little bar and they have like a bongo player with the, the drummer. Right. I just caught the very tail end of it. That's but a kind of a loft thing too, though. But I never, I never felt like I was th- welcome there. I didn't really, wasn't really my. Well, or I, mean I guess I was just never into it. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. I went to the like I went to the loft a few years ago, maybe four years ago. I'm gonna go Five to the Halloween ago. party. The loft one? Yeah, it'll be my second time. So when's the fir- when, when did you go the first time? Not till recently. I never went. I was always scared. I was. I, I'm scared. I have this whole thing where I'm scared to go see, uh, like legends. That word that. But I there's hate. N- there's no legends at the loft anymore. I know, but I'm like legendary. Like I'm scared to go. Like I I wouldn't go see New Order because I'd be afraid that I would never be able to listen to them again. Right, and same and same thing. Bernard Sumner looks like Anthony Hopkins <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Throw Mama from the Train oh. or something. <laughs> but <laughs> not to focus on looks or, uh, or anything. But I mean, the the I went to the loft. It was great. Yeah. But I it was like um, it was like doing acid. I'm like, okay, great. Did it once. Now I don't have to go anymore. Yeah, I I I, I was fine with it. And then they I got really mad. Like at the end of the night, they played that one of those gorilla songs that people like, and I like left. That's I was like, yeah, I gotta go. They played a Dead Mouse song when I went yeah, to I actually like Dead Mouse. Shout to Dead Mouse. I'm sure he he seems cool actually. Yeah, his music is, is I like his uh his web web YouTube stuff. His uh mouse head? No, no, he's got like weird YouTube shows where he like talks. Oh yeah, yeah, and he yeah he, he drives around in his car. He eats a sandwich or whatever. Yeah, but it's weird but it's weird that, that there can be this song that's like, Nope. I'm leaving. And this like classic establishment. Yeah, but th- th- uh, th- that's actually the part that I liked about the loft is that they would play. They re- there was like a not c- this is not cool factor <laughs> to some of the music, where it it it's almost like um, like dad, <laughs> like your dad is DJing or something, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've only been once, so I really I'm not a authority on it. But I they play th- they they play the the um, DFA remix of of. Uh, Gorillas. Gorillas, yeah. It bumps me out. I don't know why. That's like one of those songs. I'm like, how do you like this? Well, I mean, the, like with DJing. Yeah, I guess it's personal taste. Well, but you have these songs that worked once. Yeah. Like I have tracks that worked once. And like I'll go back to the well if, if the set's kind of going haywire. And I'm like, why did I do this? This worked once three <laughs> years ago. It's not working anymore. You have to change it up. But I think once you play something at the loft, once the DJs play something at the loft, it becomes inscribed in the canon. And so, you know, now it's a loft song. I don't know. I don't know how that works. It's weird. Weird to me. That I, I mean, I under, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I'm not a 
we're probably like gonna be we're canceled now no we're not no we're just talking about the law we're just but talking about the law i don't know did the uh i don't think i went to the dave makers i think he was had just i don't remember what the first one i went to i only the one i went to i can't remember what was a valentine's day one right but I don't think it was Dave Mancuso. I think he had just died or something. I I went to one when he was still alive, but he wasn't. He was he just was there. sick. Yeah. He re- I think he was sick and he didn't come. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, the loft is like this New York thing where it's uh it's become an institution. I think it. I don't know. When are you going this year? Yeah, there's Halloween? one on the 26th of October. Okay. Yeah. Why I Why are you going? Uh, somebody, imbi- th- I was invited and, and it seems like, why not? It seems like one of the, I, I, I Are like you going to do drugs? I don't know. People always pass around drugs there. It seems like, I don't really, I'm not really, I like to, I usually will drink, bring, bring a bottle of wine. Do you, are you going to do acid? No, that's like, that doesn't happen in New York City. That's kind of like a. Uh, everyone I know at the loft does love. Yeah. Does I, I mean, it's, I don't know. I just kind of sit in the back and then like some weird. Do you pu- smoke there? No, some I don't people smoke. smoke. Some you quit, right? You yeah. Quit, yeah. Okay. Um, no, I, I and there's no smoking at this one. I think it's the first one with no smoking. Yeah, I th- I like that actually. Yeah, it's better. You could smoke. No, I know, but I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think people you can still. I think people smoke weed inside still. Like so, you, I'll like sit in the back and like smoke weed with some guy. Right. Like, works for UPS or whatever, and I'll be like, yeah, I unload trucks too. You know, like <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I had a great time. That uh, that was the but actual. That's the thing is, it's nice. It's a nice party. It was know? really fun, and, and it was everybody's really friendly. The, uh, that was the only true. I think the last time I threw up from drinking <laughs> was when I went to the loft because I bought a, I bought a bottle of gin and just drank a, oh drank God. the whole thing myself. Bad idea. I'm I'm I I was texting today with Will Sokolov, whose father was Dave Mancuso's lawyer. So and he did sleeping bag and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna get him. I'm going to I'll try to get more original loft stories out cuz he said he was going to the loft when he was like 14 like when it first started. He yeah, was, but he when when he was when when he was 14 that was be like being 43 now. <laughs> <laughs> like people had fam- full families when they were 14. <laughs> I don't think he had full family <laughs> when he was 14. He, he was like just a Brooklyn kid, you know, and he was his dad was a lawyer for this hippie guy. Who like needed help? With who, who sold furniture and threw parties in his life? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't. That's what I'm saying. I I don't know enough about it to really like say as much as we're saying. But uh, I mean, the the thing with the loft is is that it it um and then there's there's the loft and there's joy. I used to go to joy a lot. Uh, when I, I never first I never went. Hooney tried to get me to go when he was here, and I and I haven't. I don't I don't really go out late. That just seems like a late night thing. I always it work on Saturday and Sunday, so it's hard for me. It used the joy used to be late that when I would I would go to it when it was late, but now it's early. It's yeah. done at eleven. Mm. It's like it's Sundays or Saturdays three to eleven or something like that. No, but I um, I never went. But yeah, I mean, there's so there's too much to do here. Yeah. I, c- and so now I now I just don't really do anything. Yeah. No, I mean lately I've just been into like listening to music, buying or, uh, l- you know, making music or. I've been doing this podcast thing a little bit. Well, I mean, the thing with music and clubs and stuff, there was a period maybe two years ago where I was pl- I was playing a lot in New York and, and also going out a lot. And I'm like... But now you're not relevant anymore. Well, no, I'm just like, I'm like, I have nothing to celebrate. Why am I out? <laughs> I, I can't, st- I literally can't stomach another beer. 
um, I ha- already had 20 smokes, <laughs> you know. Well, it's too expensive. Like well, I mean, the, honestly, the expense thing here, though, you get free dr- People give you free drinks. Yeah, I mean, I'll only go cover. somewhere if it's free, pretty much. Yeah. I'll buy, like, two drinks or something. Yeah, you're not you're not going to, like, the Bowery Ballroom and seeing Interpol. And I'm not going to spend $80 at the bar. No. <laughs> no way. I don't think I've ever spent eighty dollars at a bar. Really? No. I, uh, I I'm, I'm really cheap. I, I w- I'm always just think like, man, I could have just bought a six pack, <laughs> or I could have bought a bottle of wine. Like I'm gonna buy this one glass of wine for twelve dollars. I could just buy a, a nice bottle of wine and drink it by myself in my studio. I did. I went to um, I went to Public Records. Yeah, and the cheapest drink is is ten bucks. It's it's such a nice place though. It's so nice, but I spent I can't afford it. I spent 10 bucks on one drink. The cover was 25 and I found out later I could have got on the guest list whatever, mm-hmm. I don't care. Earn money to burn money. But and then I took a cab there and back. Yeah. And um I yeah, it was like a fucking $80 night. Yeah. And I heard some cool tunes or whatever, but I you know, I got bills to pay, man. Yeah. It's too uh, the rent is too damn high. It's too high. So, you know, and uh, also as you get older, you yep. hate, you start hating everything <laughs> and you don't, y- y- I mean, you don't really care about, although oc- uh, occasionally I'll go out and I'll hear something. I'm like, God damn, this is awesome. I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to get, s- I just feel like public records is really cool. Uh, it's a cool space. Everything about it is perfect. Yeah. There's a little shelf above the toilet for your drink. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like everything you want to be there is there. Right. But I just, I really, Francis is going to get upset. Is he going to watch this? I don't know. Maybe. I, it's a nice he place. Might, he might watch it, but I, I, I don't, I, it's, I can't afford it. Like I can't, yeah, it's, I it's can't out of my, it. out of my price range. Yeah. I, I mean, I, my price range is like $5. Well. And even that I'm like, oh God. But I that's because I'm just poor. Yeah. I'm just a broke ass fool or whatever however you say it a broke par- ass fool in the parlance of our times i did like to i liked going to output which which was cool but i liked but output because it had this kind of like um it was also expensive though yeah but, but you could get that really big beer for eight dollars but and it had this kind of like a uh, drug dealer vibe to it which reminded me of when i got into clubbing i would go i never went to output too much no i, li- I liked it i would I li- just go in like harvey played or something yeah well i, w- I would do that but but there was still this kind of like, um, I don't know, like I like hanging out with drug dealers or something. <laughs> sleazy. Yeah, it was a bit sleazy. Whereas the, I mean, the clubs, I don't know. I don't think. I want to diss any of the clubs because they're out. They're doing God's you work. Because you want to get gigs. Well, <laughs> and that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, good room. I like going to good room. Yeah, I like going to it because it's four blocks from my house. It's fun. Yeah, I I like I really like Good Room. I think it's a good it's um it's a club. It's like standard. Yeah, club. it's a club. There's no. It's not. But a that's scene. the thing. That's the thing with like. Sorry, I cut you off. No, go ahead. But I was gonna say with like the audiophile thing. Yeah. I mean, that's what a club is. But what do you mean? Well, for example, out if we're talking about output talking about output they had amazing sound in there it was yep. like a finely tuned function one there was absorption 
it was a relatively high ceiling, but like it sounded very, really good in there. But it wasn't marketed as like an audiophile thing. It was just a nightclub. So, I mean, with like Brilliant Corners and all these kind of places. In I've never been. Yeah. I mean, they just, it, or like the clip, the whole clips thing. Any d- yeah, I, clips don't sound good. They It's flat. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it I've never been impressed by an audiophile bar, really. Like, I don't. Well, that's what a club is, is an yeah, audiophile like bar. Yeah. I don't, I don't. But I like the Are idea. We making en- we're making enemies now. That's okay. But I like yeah. the idea of being able to go to a club and sitting there and being able to have a conversation and drink nice drinks. That's nice, you know? Like, mm-hmm. But I don't see what the difference is between, like, what's so new about that idea. Like, it seems like the DJ should just turn the volume down a little bit when it's mellow, you know? Yeah, too loud. Yeah. Everything's too loud now. I don't know. I don't go anywhere. I, w- I wouldn't know. I played last week. I won't say where. Why not? Because I want to play there again. <laughs> Anyways, I played. It's a nice club, but it was so fucking loud. In my sound check, I was like it elsewhere. I p- I hit play on the on the NPC and I went out. And I'm like, man, it's a little loud, don't you think? And the guy's like, no, it's just the r- the poles. What the sound guy? Yeah, the, but w- sound guys are all deaf. Yeah, I agree. They're like cops. They're yeah. they're <laughs> numb to their surroundings. <laughs> Paramedics. <laughs> yeah, they're numb. Like the pe- the people who should be protecting us are the ones that are most numb to what's happening. So anyway, yeah, I don't like when it's too loud either. Too, but I, it's nice. To, it's cool. The I like you know the idea of this this audiophile thing. You know, the cool thing about those clubs is it seems like you can feel the music at a lower volume. You know, like you can feel the the physical. Uh, whatever the kick drum or whatever right. at a lower volume but these other clubs where it's just like blasting super loud like your ears just hurt yeah well do you have are you, do you have earplugs no if it's too loud i just leave do you have tinnitus no really no i think you get that from headphones mostly yeah like if you turn your headphones up too loud i also like i also like to turn the monitors low so i can hear how loud the room is when you're when you're making tracks no, when I'm DJing. Oh, yeah, I have it. Everything is cranked. No, I can't. I don't, I don't. I had it when I was traveling a lot and like touring and had a booking agent and was doing all that stuff. I started to get tinnitus because you're playing every night and you like some gigs you're playing for like eight hours, like in like Bucharest or something, you know. Like <laughs> yeah. And then you have to like go to the next night and play in Moscow for ten hours, you know. Right. And then I got tinnitus, but um, it wore it. It goes away a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I- as long as you you. you I think it's headphones mostly. When I if it's too loud in the club, you usually just leave or you like stand off to the side or something. Yeah, I went to um, that club Analog. Have you ever been there? No. Um, it's so loud. <laughs> it's ins- I mean, it's amazing. I love yeah. that. I love going there, but it was ins- it was it was way too loud and yeah. also too packed. But like output, you could buy a cigarette off the guy in the. Bathroom, <laughs> which to me is the mark of a good, good, good club. I just want to be able to go to the bathroom w- and not wait in line for thirty minutes. But the the like to me the the aspect of clubbing has changed. Where like bef- in Edmonton, I would go. There was a like a thing called Why After Hours in Edmonton, and you're basically just hanging out with criminals. <laughs> which th- there's a there's a glamour to that, you yeah, know. Yeah. It's it's really not what people want right now, but <laughs> but you do. Well, maybe I gotta start getting into trap. 
<laughs> or something or like what like what's the dangerous music now i have no idea i don't think it's very dangerous in new york anymore i think your the, the, your biggest danger is like police or something yeah no you like go to like a cop bar there's a, if you what's let's <laughs> <laughs> go like hang out you gotta nope. get a dj i would go to bar. that place rec room do you remember that place Mm-mm. it was like next uh, i guess it's like uh by like flushing and knickerbocker and uh it's next to a cop station but then it would be like all the people from over by knickerbocker hanging out with all the like new newbies like me or not I'm whatever like punk rocker kids and then uh so it was like a weird mix but there was always cops there that was like the last time I that's danger i went there with my uh my cousin's husband so uh, what is that my cousin-in-law yeah and she was there too and, and we like went outside for a minute and uh this one guy we were, we were friends with the bartender uh and she, this one little twerp you know was like being a jerk to her at the bar and so he get he got kicked out you know like a little neighborhood kid yeah little skinny like asthma kid you know like whatever 23 year old guy that thinks he's tough with asthma and so right. they kick him out and and my my cousin's husband my cousin-in-law he uh you know, he was, they were kicking him out. So he's trying to go back in. So my cousin just grabbed him and pulled him out and like threw him out on the street because he was a bouncer in Houston. And, uh, the little kid just popped up and socked him right in the face. Wow. And he's a hockey player. Like, you know, he's like a big Texas dude. And he like, yeah. he looked at me and he goes, can I hit him? And I was like, no. And like 30 seconds later, like the police were there and like had the guy arrested, like thrown up against the fence. And like, and I was like, that would have been you also if yeah. you, you would have hit him. And he was like, okay. And so we like go back inside and like try to pretend like nothing happened. Right. <laughs> to like tell his wife or whatever. But I mean, that, 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 that is a cop bar. And that was the last place that I felt like weird stuff would happen in New York that I went to. You never, I mean, I'd be more worried about that than any, any local yokel, you know, or, or, well, I, ha- I mean, in five or like roided up dude or whatever. You yeah. Know? Like in five years of living here, I, I don't think I've had any. No run-ins. I haven't had any run-ins I with anything. <coughs> like I mean, I mean, I generally, you know, I strike an opposing figure, so <laughs> people don't people don't fuck with me. But I haven't because you look like a cop. I look like a cop. I do. I'm copy, as they would say. Like uh, a, you know, I, I did get a liquor ticket recently. <laughs> For what? For drinking a pu- on in the public. street. Yeah. Oh well, that's whatever. You can just go to court. They dismiss it. Yeah, I went. I actually wanted to pay it because i i have like immigration concerns mm. so they won't let you back into canada <laughs> well they w- i was just because i'm like i have a kid now i'm like fuck now in five years when i reapply for my or like immigration fuck, fuck up like and send you into mexico yeah or something exactly. or like yeah send me to <laughs> scandinavia or you something have to be in a, that'd be crazy that's but weird that that's like a real thing well i don't know if it is or not but anyways i was looking <laughs> i was looking on 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 the internet to pay it and i couldn't find my surname and so i searched by address and it didn't show up and i searched by the site like the 16 digit citation number and they had me as jared stuffio (laughs) but so then you can get it dismissed your name's pulled wrong well exactly i'll be like what uh, was the shaggy thing it wasn't me it was this other guy stuffio (laughs) no i mean all you have to do is go to i went to i I went to court a couple times for dumb stuff like they got riding my bike on the sidewalk or like something you know where you have mm-hmm. to like there was like mm-hmm. a sting thing and uh every time i went there I w- it was kind of interesting you see everybody gets their d- tickets dismissed it's like you get i forget what it's called it's like deferred something and you get like six months if you don't have any trouble right all your stuff is dismissed you just have to like spend a day in court 
Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to s- spend a day in court, I'm going to be playing tennis on court. Hey, hey. But anyways. Yeah. All right, did we miss anything? What, what, did we go too far? Um, I you'll, don't know. you'll have to watch it back, I guess. And, and, and Do I have to watch it? You should let the wife watch it and, uh, and, and see what she says. I don't think we we I don't think we got spicy at all. Breached. Man. <laughs> we didn't breach. If anything, it's just like really boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always possible. Always possible. I d- I mean, d- we went for two hours and ten minutes. I think that's that's pretty good. I think we beat everybody now. Really? Yeah, maybe. Or we're close. I mean, we didn't even talk about my <laughs> like my my uh, drug empire. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what kind of drug empire do you have? None. Oh no, I don't want to talk about that. Anyways. I mean, I told uh, you know I told people my life story, so yeah. And and oh, can they look out for anything in the future? You have like another deck mantle release or or some more. Uh, I just finished an album, and you're it's going to be on Good Timing or Bad Timing. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to Maybe it. Maybe you could do like side A on Good Timing and side B on Bad Timing, and then do like a good room, bad room, and you could like play half your set in one room and the other in the other. That's a pretty good idea, actually. I don't know. I finished I finished an album, but it was stuff that I had been working on in my 20s, and so I finally finished it at 40. The idea was to finish it before my wife had the baby, but I missed the deadline, and so I fucked up the whole concept. <laughs> so I don't know. I finished an album. I don't know when you're going to air these. Maybe it'll come out soon. Maybe it'll be like three EPs, but I've got... I kind of like picked up your accent. Three EPs. <laughs> three piece. This is what happens when you talk talk to someone. But what kind of accent do I have? People always think that I'm no, Canadian. No, they'll, yeah. g- they'll be like, "Where are you from, it Canada?" It's not an accent. It's just like an inflection that you have. Oh. It's the brunette oh. thing. Anyway, so I'm work. I'm always working on music. I don't know when it'll come out, but but it's gonna be Jixopolis, not not a the coroner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm I sense a comeback. Well, I just don't know what ha- what's happening anymore. I mean, like, there's no truth. There's no music. There's <laughs> no... So you just have to... That's not true. No, that's not true. But you just do your thing, man. It doesn't matter. Don't I don't think too hard. I think that's the, the trick. I don't, I don't think at all. <laughs> that's not true. But uh, um, so uh, you, you can go to your band camp. Yeah. And good time in band camp. It has also has the bad time in releases. Go to no, go to Jex. I recently rebranded everything. Jexopolis. Jexopolis. Everything is under Jexopolis. J e x o p o l i s. Yeah. Jexopolis. Jexopolis. How it sounds. No punctuation. No. Bandcamp. No. no yeah. So everything's on Bandcamp. There's a. Uh, Were you able to put your other releases from other labels on there? No. Oh, gotta get that. <laughs> I mean, I get the. I I'm get. Just, I'm just. I get it's worth trying for. It is, but I don't think you got to wait like seven years or something. Yeah, the the running back one is almost five now, mm. but they send me statements every year. Yeah, it's like twelve cents or something. No, like more than that. Sixty man. bucks. Yeah, hundred <laughs> bucks. Sweet. I always just tell them to keep it. Really? I don't think it's running back. It's one of the, I, maybe it is running back. I don't know. I get them all mixed up. Why would you not? Why would you say well, no? Well, because it's like bucks? nine dollars or something. Oh, n- yeah, nine bucks. I mean, hundred dollars, I guess. Mm. One hundred and ten euros. I would take that. Yeah, that's a that's like one night at public records, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Damn. Oof. 
Sorry, guys. Whatever. Uh, Who cares? They'll Fuck. be. They'll be fine. Everyone's fine. It's a nice yeah. place. It's nice. <laughs> You're never gonna play there. Oh, whatever. They probably won't even let you in anymore. Look, that's life in the big city, man. <laughs> gonna have to change your name. <laughs> All right. So check out Jexopolis. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. All um, right. Thank you, man. Um, Thanks um, for having me. All right. All right. See you in a little while. Yeah. Bye bye. Thank you.